on today's show. For the first time, Howard welcomes actor, comedian, writer, and filmmaker, Gerard Carmichael. I came out too late. I was like 30. All my friends felt like I was just duplicitous. Like I was just lying to them. They, they didn't know who I was. They all reacted like Sally Field and Mrs. Doubtfire. They were like, the whole time? Like they were very Hey now. Yeah, I woke up with a, uh, at 4 o'clock in the morning, I woke up with a, you ever get one of those muscle cramps in your calf muscle on your leg? Yeah. I, oh my God, it still hurts. And it's but like, it's I'm indicative like, of a mineral, uh, usually yeah. that's missing. Yeah, I don't need enough bananas. Wah. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Every time I get one of those, I get advice. You know, if I mention it on the air, people go, you should drink um, one of those sports drinks, Howard. You need more potassium or, you know, and I'm like, fuck you. Just a mess. Well, you could either take care of it or continue to suffer these horrible cramps because they do hurt. They all totally hurt. And then I can't yell because my wife's in bed next to me. And I'm like, you know, I'm like. (laughs) <laughs> i'm making noises like that because i'm trying like you're to seizing up <laughs> yeah oh my god the pain is so bad i mean it is yeah. really bad <sighs> and i'm limping around this morning because i can't shake it but i find if you just walk normally it usually gets goes away after a couple of hours so yeah but it usually hits you at night in yeah. your sleep why? Why does it do that? Why? I why don't does it... know, Howard. That's a weird thing that the body. How go, he's asleep now. Let's tell him we. Yeah, need yeah. Some like more how? <laughs> how do it know that I'm asleep? <laughs> how does the cramp know to come when I'm asleep? I don't. Hey, how know. do I know, Tony? Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, let me um, let me uh, do let me get right into it because at nine a.m. I have a uh, a special guest coming in. I, I'm a fan of Gerard no, Carmichael, and um. Are you saying his to name talk right to today? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I evidently said Gerard, but it's Gerard. Gerard. Hit him with the hind! Yeah. Anyway, uh, a lot of fans wrote us yesterday. We had a long uh, segment on COVID-19. We hadn't talked about COVID-19 for a while. And I, and I, I must say that's on purpose. Because I... You know, whenever I do it, people go, you talk too much about it. You're a douche. You have to get back outside. You can't, um, you, you got to stop wearing a mask and you got to start going out. And I, I you know, I don't want to hear you it. You got to risk death. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Come and on like, out of there. <laughs> we don't tune into you to hear about COVID. I'm like, well, then what do you tune in for? I don't know. Give me a fucking break. What do you want to hear? Bobo all day? So, um, yeah. Anyway, uh, yesterday, executive producer. Jason, everyone around here has got a big fancy title, executive. Well, can Jason get a soda when he's at work? He's an executive. (laughs) I don't think it works that way. I know. I asked that too. He's an executive in our organization. Oh, that doesn't count. Doesn't go to the entire serious community. No. Yeah, we were talking about how serious during COVID changed their policy on soda. Like (laughs) a lot of companies are really changing things up and i'm just so proud of our company changing their policy on soda and free sodas at the workplace 
Uh, a lot of thought went into that. And uh, what they came up with is that now only executives of Sirius XM can take advantage of the free sodas. <laughs> and there's even a camera on them, so no one can steal them. We have, we're going the other way. You know, there are companies that have uh, playgrounds for kids <laughs> yes. and, and uh, you know, child care areas. And then they have <laughs> gyms for the the employees. That I was like it's all a, a whole city in there when you go to work. Right. No, we're not. We're we're just taking away free soda. But we're you taking know, away uh, food. <laughs> you know, uh, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, and he, and he was saying, "Geez, you know, COVID has killed nearly a million Americans." I go, and that's not all. He goes, "What else?" I go, "Free soda at our work. <laughs> it's killed free soda." So uh, anyway, yes. Uh, we were talking about COVID, and Jason went to the fish show at Madison Square Garden over the weekend, and he, he was telling us how no one, himself included, was wearing masks, and the fans think Jason was stupid for even going. I'll read you some of the email that came in. 100% Jason has COVID. Yeah, he sounded like he had it. He had a cold He said he was going to get kind. tested. Does he have his test results? Uh, let me read you these and then we'll find out. We'll make a game out of it, Robin. I love games right. and uh, we'll see. I, I say he has COVID. Mm. Well, well uh, what do you say? He's got to have this is This is the thing. Jason's not going to have COVID and it will embolden other people to go well, out and see. try to catch it. This fan wrote, 100% Jason has COVID. There were several reports from fish fans testing positive this week after the Madison Square Garden shows. He's got COVID. Uh, I can't believe this, but I have to agree with Ralph. I don't know what's worse, getting COVID-19 or listening to fish. <laughs> I shouldn't goof on fish. I really don't know their music all that well. I know they're like a jam band, and I don't like jam bands. I like a nice tight set. So Yeah, it sounds like... Just a place for people to go hang out and get high. Right. Doesn't matter what's happening on stage. I guess this is. It's bad. This is fish. We are so very. All right, I, I had enough. Thank you. Uh, Viva la mask. Doesn't sound like my thing. Uh, Viva la mask. I don't want COVID again. I don't want the flu, and I don't want a fucking cold. I'm the, I'm the only one in my office wearing a mask, and I don't give a shit. For everyone else is a moron, I don't mind being different. If I went to that stupid fish show, I'd get masked up. So, uh, oh, after the show, Jason took an uh, at-home rapid test, which, by the way, they have a lot of false negatives. So I don't know how much. If, if it's positive, he's probably got it. But all right, Jason, what was the result of your in-home test? I've heard the in-home tests are completely inaccurate. But if you were positive, well, it probably is true. I took an in-home test and then I went to a doctor to take a test at the doctor's office. Because uh, while uh -huh. I appreciate the in-home test, I, I want to get the real test as well. And uh, the results are I do indeed have COVID. And I'm oh my really, God. really upset. Yeah, I figured. When I heard you talking yesterday, I said, he's got COVID. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, uh, I got no one to blame but myself for this. I, uh, you know, I wanted it in my head. I did that stupid move where, fuck it, I'm going to go have a fun weekend. And, you know, but I regret it now. So Yeah, uh, those were my friends. 
Yeah. They did that yeah. too. After two years of being careful, they went and uh, went on vacation and then they got fucked up. Two and a half years of avoiding this shit. And, uh, you know, so like you were saying, not, not talking about COVID and Robin, you were saying, I hope, uh, you know, at the very least I'll be an example. It's out there. It's still happening. It's fucking sucks. I mean, I'm very lucky to have mild symptoms. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm COVID positive and I'm pissed about it. But you got to see fish. Which, I uh, did get to see fish. He attempted fate two days in a row. No, it's every other. Uh, they did four every shows, and I did uh-huh. uh, I did night two and night four, and they were great shows. Nothing is worth getting COVID for, but the fish shows were amazing, and I had an, mm. an absolute blast. Live music is the number one thing I miss most with this. I don't COVID know show. how you could like throw in the towel over a fish show. I just don't get it. I just don't. I mean, okay, I get it. You miss live music, but like, okay, so is it so liberating not to wear a mask? I mean, Mm. you could have sat there in a mask. No, I was. You know what? I turned my. I I, I was stupid. There's there's no other way to say it. That leading up to the concert, the numbers were going down. Then they started going back up, and but I focused on the well. They were going down, and I just wanted it to be true. I just wanted. I just. It doesn't even seem to me that people at a fish show would be the kind of people who were avoiding COVID. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, nobody looked like they were avoiding COVID. Uh, <laughs> and then, you know, you get to do the fun follow-ups. It's like, uh, if you find out you have a sexually transmitted disease, I had to email everybody, hey, FYI, you know, we hung out this weekend. I just tested positive. Really sorry. I'm an asshole. Um, so, you know, it's a, it's a lot yeah. of fun shit that comes with that. You know, the irony is that the fish shows were rescheduled from yep. December 29th to January 1st in order to avoid COVID. Meanwhile, it was a super spreader, of course, but I guess people don't care. I mean, that's cool if you want to go get it, but man, I, I don't want to They say about it. 50% of the country has gotten COVID at one time or another. Yeah, well, well, Jason doesn't tell you he also went to a nitrous balloon party after the show. And what? Sure oh, that shared. was crazy. I did not do any nitrous balloons. Uh, that, that, that shit is weird to me. But, uh, a friend said, Hey, come by after the show. We're, we're hanging out in my hotel. So we went, we went there and then his hotel room was just a, a bunch of middle aged people huffing on balloons. Uh, which was a, <laughs> <laughs> who was do like, you know? A, Good lord. This is, a, yeah. <laughs> this is an interesting scene. Meanwhile, we're talking to this, uh, nice woman. Uh, and she's the whole time we're talking to her. She's, she's huffing on this balloon, hitting it up to the tank, huffing it some more. And she's, Telling us she uh, works in a drug recovery. She helps people get off drugs and, and get off. Of, uh... <laughs> well, of course. Listen, she's got to do research. How do you help someone get off drugs unless you do them? That's it. Oh, you uh, have to point. know. Yes, that's yeah. right. Got to test it all. What is nitrous? Uh, this am I thinking the right thing? That it's the thing that changes your voice when you suck in. That's helium, right? Helium. That's helium. No, yeah. nitrous is like the stuff you get at the dentist. I think it's called uh, laughing gas for some reason or other. But I didn't laugh when the dentist gave it to me. So then, when they when you suck on the balloon, what's the reaction? What do you get? You know, it's weird. I didn't laugh? know that. I, I, so I didn't. I've never done it before, um, and I right. didn't do it at this party, but. I kept expecting, yeah, I thought people were going to suck on it, and then all of a sudden start acting like super weird or giggly. It just, it, it seemed almost a little too normal. Like, people were just sucking on this balloon and then continually, continually telling me stories about their kids and their jobs and stuff like that, so. You know who does yeah, It nitrous? doesn't last long, because as soon as, you know, the doctor takes it off of you, you know, it's not like you're going to get up and be woozy out of the dentist chair. It pretty much leaves your system immediately. You know who loves nitrous, I think, is Sal. I think he's really? a big nitrous guy. Yeah, I think he huffs. Huh. 
Sal, That's you want to uh, give me? It is true. Yeah, I've done it quite a few times. It just um, it just mellows you out, but it's a very very short high. You inhale it, and then you feel a sense of like euphoria, and then it goes. That's so, basically it. All are ridiculous. <laughs> Let me just tell the kids out there that it's terrible for you health wise. Uh, yes. They call nitrous uh, hippie crack, right? Have you heard that expression? That it's yes. hippie crack. Yes. Be- because of its, um, because it's such a short little high, you just keep huffing that balloon all night, right? Pretty much, it, it is addictive. Um, you yeah. know. Because the balloons go fairly quickly, and the high is, is really nice. And then once the balloon is done, you find yourself refilling and refilling and refilling it. So I've done about maybe eight to ten balloons in one evening. <laughs> and uh, By the way, these are not like little itty-bitty party balloons. These are big balloons. Yeah, these are really? like circus balloons. Oh, yeah. The bigger, the better. Usually, yeah. Let me ask something. A- maybe I sound like a square. But is life that terrible that you got to be seen sucking on a balloon to get through the night? Yes. You gotta look really ridiculous <laughs> to get through life. <laughs> life is really that bad, so. <laughs> you know, it's just one of those things. You know, I don't smoke pot. I, you know, I don't do any other drugs. I can't handle it. I, I, I've always, I've tried edibles. I found myself curled up in a fetal position under my bed from doing edibles. I get nervous. I, I, I can't speak on edibles. So this was the one thing that I thought was, you know, it, it worked for me. It was euphoric. Right. It was like it was like taking. Um, but you don't have a, one around the house. You don't no, have a no, not at all. But my friend Howard is so addicted that um, he actually purchased a nitrous tank. He has it in his living room. <laughs> <laughs> and, it must be uh, beautiful home. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can make it decorative. Uh, you can paint little right? things on it. Yeah, he right. go, He he meets a guy once every two weeks to refill it in a parking lot, and a bunch of people come, and this guy opens up the back of his truck, and he unloads these giant tanks. And uh, my friend has a bad back, so once in a while, I'll go with him, and I'll help him take the tank and put it in his car, and then I'll carry it to his living room. And, Is he uh, get yeah. a balloon for doing that? Yeah, I do. That That's my payoff. It pretty much is. Is it considered illegal, Nitrous? I mean, to have a tank in your house? I'm not sure. I, I, right. I don't know. I, boy, if it's if, whether or not it's legal or not, it's all over the streets. You know, after the concert, we're walking around, and, uh, you know, the people, I guess, who weren't fancy enough to have a hotel room, uh, we're just doing it right out on the street in front of delis and in front of banks. They just I mean, they're they, everywhere. They spill over from the fish show. Well, a lot of people are doing their nitrous balloons. But I will tell you, Howard, this, this, these balloons, they are definitely a COVID magnet because it's one tank and you see somebody sucking the balloon and you can see the, the uh, saliva around the balloon and then they refill the balloon onto the same spout and then somebody right. else comes. So we're all sharing the same saliva spout, the, you know, the saliva rim balloon spout. It's, it's actually you, quite disgusting. Do you ever worry that, um, I mean, inhaling nitrous oxide can be fatal if you don't get enough oxygen. And, you know, that's hypoxia, which I'm sure you know about, Sal. um, Do you worry about that at all? I mean, maybe this shit's not good for your lungs also, or you don't care? Um, I do care. I, You know, I don't do it much. I haven't done it in about a month. I do it usually when we get together, like at a party. Sometimes they'll throw a little dinner party. I'll have some wine. And then uh, you can't uh, even have dinner without nitrous. Idiot. <laughs> um, so, no, I don't worry about it, Howard, because it, it really it, it it doesn't seem to be dangerous, at least to me or anyone else who who has done it. Well, um, here's what I have. 
Studies have shown that nitrous kills brain cells after prolonged exposure. And the yes. other story I know is Will Murray, who uh, was a, uh, you know, writes for us, had a friend who uh, huffed a bunch of nitrous balloons and then passed out while driving. What happened there, Will? Oh. I mean, for, nitrous is terrible for you. There's, there's just, I'm pretty sure it's illegal. I don't want to say that on the record, but yeah, he huffed a bunch of nitrous and then he's driving down the highway at like high speed, passes out and like <laughs> totally totals his car. It was a mess. Right. Yeah. Well, when you do it, I recommend that you wait at least 10 minutes before you, you know, you drive. The, the high minutes. goes away. <laughs> yeah. Capillaries. Good advice. Yeah, well, no, well, it's true. The, the high only lasts for about a minute, maybe a minute and a half, but you still feel lightheaded for the, for the remaining three to five minutes afterwards. So 10 minutes is a, is a safe window before you, before you drive or do anything. But the, I tell There's you that the high Dr. is Sal. amazing. Exactly. The high is, is wonderful. I mean, it's euphoric. You close your eyes. Sometimes you see kaleidoscopes, things. Uh, just feel right. good. It just it just puts you at ease, you know. Wolfie, what do you like? Know about I said, this? I had nitrous at the dentist office. I didn't see any of it. Wolfie, <laughs> what do you know about this? Because uh, you know, I'm I'm seeing this as a dangerous thing myself. So, a few years back, I covered a uh, fish show tailgate. So there is this whole nitrous black market that goes on in the parking lot. These guys have, I swear to God, six foot tall nitrous tanks and they sell this stuff right out of the back of the van but then if you just stand back and watch you just see the police roaming roaming the parking lot so they run over to this one van and then like five guys will carry this huge tank across the parking lot and they'll hide it in another van and it's like a shell game going on the entire concert but but will's exactly right like i've seen guys at the show they 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 huff this nitrous and they'll just pass out as they stand and you see their heads just hit the ground and split open, like blood rushing out. It, it's really dangerous. And they're Let's making a fortune, to... Howard, on these balloons. Really? These balloons, yeah, they sell them at the parking lots and, you know, at these events. A balloon goes for $20 a piece. I mean, it's crazy. And these wow. guys are making thousands and thousands of dollars off of nitrous. Sal, do you ever consider leaving our show and becoming a nitrous salesman at uh, concerts? Is that what he's going to do when we leave? <laughs> yeah. No, no. Is that your plan when we uh, retire? No, no. Hey, the people at the fish will be like, hey, man, I think I just got my balloon from Sal from the Howard Stern Show. Remember him? The guy who used Isn't to make the, the phony phone calls? I'm a turtle. Isn't that the guy who comes on a hat? He's selling us balloons now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Didn't, yeah. Didn't he come on uh, Richard's hat? <laughs> like it had a really extraordinary load that covered the entire front of the hat. I think that was him. Yeah, I just bought my nitrous from him. I don't know. It says here, again, warning the kids out there. If a large amount of nitrous is consumed, it can cause loss of blood pressure, fainting, and or heart attack. That's good enough for me to stay away from it. Let's go to Josh in Georgia. Hey, Howard. How you doing? All right, man. Hey, I've been to um, about 140 fish shows and participated in uh, nitrous parties pretty much at every one of those shows. When I first started going in 95, balloons were $5, and now, as the guy mentioned, they're 20 bucks. But the sensation I get is it's like a dream state. It's like a very intense um, dream where you can go deep into dark places of your mind. You can go back to your childhood um, it's also very common, and maybe someone spoke about it, but you get these wah-wah sensations that everything you hear is followed yes. by a wah-wah-wah-wah sound. Huh. So it's uh, it's cool. very, very intense. 
And one other piece about the nitrous mafia that the uh, that the guy was mentioning, uh, that is a real deal. And there's been people I know in Philadelphia that were kind of taken out by the nitrous mafia for trying to sell nitrous in their kind of footprint of their parking lot. So it's a big, massive scene. It's a big business. And it's a so super Josh, fun high. In other words, yeah. what you're saying is, this is the first I'm hearing of the nitrous mafia. You're saying that uh, this is so lucrative that if I decide to go into the nitrous distribution business at the fish show, I might get a visit from um, the nitrous mafia who will say, listen, pal, this is our thing. And uh, you're on our territory. You just can't bring your own tank here and start selling. Who is that you? it? We don't know you. Absolutely. And they are sophisticated. As mentioned, they'll have um, they'll have earpieces in. They'll have walkie-talkies. They'll set up a perimeter, and like you said, they're they're moving. They're watching the cops. And yeah, if you try to come in on their on their grounds, um, I don't know if you have to pay them cash or what the case may be. But I know I've read stories that people have been uh, taken out by the nitrous mob, and that was in Philly. Taken so I think out. It persists. Yeah. Still. Wow. Whoa. Let me ask you something. Um, when you say nitrous mafia, are they mafia or are they some new kind of mafia, like <laughs> nitrous mafia? <laughs> That's a good question. I don't know the answer to that. Right. And uh, and that, now, why don't you, you love nitrous so much, why don't you, like Sal's friend, just move a tank right into your living room? <laughs> well, I had a tank for about two weeks. A friend of mine who was uh, in the in the distribution, I believe he used to deliver to, like, elderly homes. He brought me a tank. This was back when I was in my 20s. I had it at my house for two weeks. I had friends over, and it was a disaster. I couldn't leave it alone. I, w I couldn't function. I couldn't really? do anything but suck on the tank. So I had to get on my life. Wow. I ended up giving it away <laughs> to somebody else. Wow. So the tank was like a, like an episode of the Twilight Zone. It was haunting you and, and calling you. And you said, fuck you, tank. I'm getting rid of you. I Absolutely. So instead of filling up balloons, which takes time, we put a hose right off the tank. So you didn't even have to mess around with filling a balloon. We would just turn the tank on and pass the hose around. <laughs> and, you know, I love Who your ingenuity. You with? Was this a family thing? The family would get around the tank? Uh, <laughs> it was hey, Sal, how about that? A tank where you don't even need a balloon. You can just suck right really? on the hose. Well, my friend's been looking into getting an oxygen mask uh, to hook up to the tank <laughs> as well. And, uh, and I have to tell you, Robin, you know, you say, is it like the family gathers around? When this guy has a party, uh, he, he, he keeps his house locked because everybody, they're like flies against the wall waiting for the door to open. It's crazy. It's almost, it like turns into like a nitrous oxide crack house. And once wow. that door opens, everybody sits around the couch. Yeah. The, the uh, living room is completely filled and the, the balloons are, it's it, like it turns into like a circus. There's balloons everywhere. Because in the, other words, this nitrous oxide is really supposed to be for doctors to use, right? In other yes, words, as right. a laughing gas, you're not really yeah. supposed to have it in your house. It says There's here nitrous oxide is not a controlled substance. It's not illegal to store or transport in most states, but it is unlawful to use nitrous oxide as an inhalant. There's also Sorry. automotive nitrous, which I think can be a little more dangerous or much more dangerous than the uh, than the medical nitrous. So there, there's been stories of, you know, somebody huffing automotive nitrous, which I think is a little bit more 
dirty, for lack of a better term, than the medical stuff. Josh, yeah, what do you think of this? Could the mafia be doing, you know, some dirty dealing, like sometimes they have the automotive nitrous as opposed to the other nitrous? Well, I think with any... Uh-oh, the was. mafia got him. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the nitrous mafias had, had good product. Oh, okay. nice. Some users, have you heard of this, Josh? Some users put plastic bags over their heads while inhaling, which is a practice linked to multiple deaths. Have you ever put a plastic bag over your head while you inhale? No, I haven't. I haven't done that. But we did. Uh, we used to have, it, have a double bubble water bong. And uh, we would, you know, instead of sucking out oxygen, we would. We would pull the bowl off and then replace it with a balloon to use the nitrous to push the weed smoke through the bong, and that was a that was a pretty uh, pretty intense high. Yeek! Wow. So you're getting weed and nitrous at the same time. Yes. Yep. Wow. No you guys can't get high enough. <laughs> yeah. Now they got to elevate the high. There's that was a bunch good. of good. How much higher a, can we get? Yeah. There's a bunch of breathing techniques too. I'm sure this guy would know. That people will, there's coaches, there's nitrous oxide or what oxide coaches or whatever, and they they tell you how to how to get the proper amount of nitrous within your system, and like they'll teach, they'll be like tutors. Somebody will sit down with you and go hold it in for twenty seconds, and the moment you feel like you you have to pass out, release it through your nose, and then yeah, I, I hired it, a nitrous uh, tutor actually. I'm uh, starting my <laughs> lessons next week. So I'm looking forward Howard, to learning. You can get, you can get some uh, the little whippet canisters that they use for uh, for whipped cream. Yes. You can get a couple of those and a cracker and uh, on Amazon if right. you need something to you know sample without having to get involved with the mafia. Oh yeah, so Howard, please order some and sample it. Yeah, <laughs> we work sure with a guy to do that. Was... No, you know what? I feel life is fine the way it is. I don't really need to get involved with that. It, it sounds dangerous to me. I know I'll do one hit and I'll fuck him and end up dead. Like a like a Len uh, Bias kind of situation oh, where he celebrated the uh, his uh, his uh, getting into the NBA by uh, doing a hit of coke, and uh, next thing you know, the guy was dead. Poor yeah, guy. Yeah, never made it to the NBA. Mm, never made it, Len Bias. I always remember that name. I that the, to me, Len Bias was enough warning. I don't do any of this shit. I don't need it. I'm look at me. I'm fucking happy. I'm a fucking barrel left. <laughs> oh, yeah. Having a time of my life. I'm shocked that Jason didn't do it. He, you know. No, that's the no. hothead. And uh, uh, yeah. he didn't want another kind of high. Oh, no, I did not want that high. No judgments on anybody else. But that the tank is the thing. I, I kept asking, like, I'm like, whose room is this? Because there's just, you know, 30 people just sitting around with balloons on their laps. And they said, it's the tank's room. That they just have, rented uh, a room for a tank, and uh, that's I have uh, two clips of people doing nitrous balloons at the fish show. Let's see here. This is uh, from a while ago, but what's the difference? Here we go. Hey man, you just took a hit off of something. What was that? Nitrous oxide. It's gas. <laughs> what does that do to your brain? It fries it. I'm feeling awesome, dude. <laughs> Here's another guy. What's your approach to actually finding good drugs out of this show? Get it from somebody that looks like they know what they're talking about. <laughs> What's the profile? Not a black person. Do you have something in your hand? What is that exactly? It's a big balloon of nitrous. What happens when you inhale that thing? It's like Pac-Man in your brain. 
Now, how is your brain feeling right about now? <laughs> it's like Pac-Man. It's like Pac-Man is like marching on like your brain cells. Like does not compute error, 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 error. Does not compute malfunction. What is your craziest experience at a fish show? I won't say it. It's half acid off the floor of the MSG bathroom. So that wah 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 effect that that you hear. Very true. That's why the guy's going wah, 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 wah. Yeah, Howard, if you take the the right hit, you know you've received the right hit when you take a monster hit and all of a sudden the music you're listening to sounds like the radio fell into a well. It's just everything, wah, wah, wah. It, it sounds like it's in a well and it's just going in and out. And that that basically lets you know that the, the hit is amazing. I think well, why, why do you want that, now? though? Yeah, but why <laughs> do you want that? I mean, like, I, like that scares me. Uh, yeah, but it's not really that scary. It's almost like uh, it, it, it's actually calming. It's it's letting you know that you're in that zone, that you're in this realm. That's that, that that's just yeah, really but it nice and to soothing. Me, Sal, like that's robbing your brain of oxygen. That's why you're getting that. I'm oh. an idiot. <laughs> I think that's your brain shutting down. Is what the wah 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 is. Yeah. Anybody want to shut it my down? My trainer says he's been shut to a down. ton of fish shows, and he's in. He's sort of a, a little expert on nitrous. He can fill us in somewhat uh yeah i was there saturday i didn't do any then um but i you you can follow on the sidewalk there'll be like a trail of discarded balloons <laughs> and you just <laughs> follow them and you start hearing the <laughs> filling up and sure enough you go around a corner and there's like 20 30 people laid out <laughs> uh just in public and like people walking by who have nothing to do with this are like horrified obviously um it's but the end I didn't of the world yeah, my my friend uh, did it that night. I I did not. I've retired from doing right. that because it Why is just murder. Because it, it is just murdering your brain a little bit at a time. And right. I don't know. I've done it. I know what it is. It's not nothing new. Um, one time I was at a thing where a guy was doing it. My friend was doing it, and he would do it and forget that he had not paid the guy yet. <laughs> and oh. then he would ask ask for more. And do it and forget the, and the, I, I came upon the scene and the guy, my friend was about to get beat up, I think, by this guy. I think I had to just empty my pocket and be like, here, just, just go away. And cause he, uh, had just done a ton of these balloons and was unaware that he'd done. Them. I've heard the, uh, expression nitrous zombies that, uh, that that's pretty much what we're dealing with. That's why your friend forgot to pay. Yeah. Like you're, you're very high for 30 seconds, but you're, you're stupid for a while, I think. <laughs> Um, I also on our, uh, phone, on our phone is someone from the nitrous uh, mafia. He is claims to be the godfather of the nitrous <laughs> mafia. Let's talk with him. Shall sure, we disguise I'm... his voice? <laughs> Hello. Now, this nitrous mafia you speak of, this thing of ours, it does not exist. You understand me? <laughs> You're saying, sir, there is no nitrous mafia. I'm trying to say, it's a nice show you got there. It'd be a shame if it got filled with funny guests. Do you understand what I'm saying? In other words, I'm talking too much about the night. I'm, t <laughs> sir. In other words, I'm talking too much about the nitrous. <laughs> I'll let you finish your hit. 
tell you godfather i meant no offense and if i have offended you i apologize greatly no longer shall i speak of this you can act like a man (laughs) (laughs) i know i'm groveling but i'm scared of you Uh, uh, it's hard for me to act like a man i've been acting like a woman most of my life (laughs) you keep your mouth shut around these balloons of ours and it's settled. We have an understanding. Godfather, if I was to come to you for a favor, and I'm not saying I will, but if I should need a favor, would you, Godfather, grant me this favor? You come to me on the day of this fish concert to ask for a favor. Have you no respect? (laughs) (laughs) Fish must be very proud of themselves. This is what's going on. Nobody's listening to the music. Well, this is Uh, after the show. It's it's like a all after the show. Well, their music is so bad, you want to get out of life (laughs) after the show. (laughs) Hi, Beth in New York. You're on the air. Hi. Um, So I'm I'm actually calling because my brother died from a drug overdose, and it was nitrous oxide. It was in the 70s. He put a bag over his head to, you know, increase the high. And Sal is so stupid. It's like, yes, the 10-second high. It's the poor man's high. It's the dumbest thing in the world. And I'll tell you what, Beth, I could see Sal putting a bag over his head. Well, they Without the Once you can't get high <laughs> enough, once you can't get high enough, you put the bag over your head. Right. Well, I'm sorry about and your anybody brother. Who's and... stupid enough to, anybody who's stupid enough to smoke pot while they're doing it, my God, what's next? You're going to use the needle? Come on, Sal. Well, right, like I said, so. Beth, I'm sorry about your brother, but like I said, I've done it just a few times. I'm, I haven't uh, elevated to the point where I'm putting bags over my head. So I, I don't think oh, it's just a matter of time. Just a matter of time. So. <laughs> oh, well, the other night, nice, uh, it could know, be worse. I could go to a fish concert to without a mask on. So what? The other night, the other oh, night, Sal's wife asked him to put a bag over his head, but I think she was talking about something else. <laughs> yeah, body but the bag. other thing that uh, was impressive about you know Sal's contribution today. Did you notice how erudite he was? And what an expert he was talking about. Didn't mispronounce one word. Yeah. Didn't use language he doesn't, uh, words he doesn't understand. He has the IQ of a kumquat, but he can figure this all out. Um, yeah. Wow, you, yeah. You're so sweet. It's a shame your brother died. You're such a nice oh, person. Take it easy. All right. All right. Everyone calm down. Wow, you're a great guy. <laughs> yeah, you're a great guy. Call me a kumquat. Right. You're a doll. You're a darling. God bless you. <laughs> Come quad saying goodbye. I was being generous, though. Bye. Ooh. Got dirty and nasty in here. Somebody (laughs) give me a balloon from that broad. 
Well, uh, listen, Sal, uh, you know, I, I don't call you dumb as a kumquat. I know you're an expert in, in piss porn and uh, yes. nitrous, Thank and you. I admire all of your knowledge. I can shove my penis was... up my ass. I can do things. Right. Uh, Mike, very you, so you were saying today. So, Mike, you were saying about uh, uh, nitrous. I interrupted you when the guy. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, I uh, I've done it a bunch that that like euphoria and the wah, wah, wah. We keep talking about. I think that's got to be close to like the like when you die and your life flashes before your eyes. (laughs) Euphoria. Like it it definitely feels like the same family of experiences for sure. I I don't want to do that anymore. I did do a weed edible. Um, on Saturday at the show, um, and it, I was high for like a day straight, but uh, uh, I did not do nitrous. I was responsible. And you did not get uh, COVID uh, at the fish show. Uh, no, I Jason. tested myself yesterday twice. I did at home tests, and I'm negative so far. Uh, maybe because I only went one night instead of two nights, like reckless Jason. Now I don't know. Um, well, uh, hopefully I stay Yay! negative. I'll keep testing. All right, there you have an exclusive report from Mike, who again went to the fish show. Unlike Jason, does not so far have COVID, as far as we know, but he uh, refused to do nitrous balloons. He's matured. He's a family man. He only did a gummy and stayed high for an entire day. Yeah, what a report! You were back at home (laughs) taking care of the kids with. Yeah, yeah, look, it's fine. I I I had to go on a a, like run on a treadmill to make it get out of my system. I think finally that's what did it. (laughs) Mike used to be a lot more hard. Hardcore. I think you, what was it, Bonnaroo, where you were you did so many shroom, so much shrooms you were eating mud. You were like I did, yes. That that is a story that's been told. Yeah, I, I thought I was dead and had just had a complete detachment from reality. And uh it was it was uh, I believe it was a fish festival, a festival where you go and only hear fish for like four days straight. Uh <laughs> and uh yeah, I did not have a good time there. All right, there you go. An exclusive report from my staff. They might not know a lot, but they know about this shit for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Exclusive. Yes. What I only hired. Yeah, I only hired derelicts, Robin, to make sure the show runs efficiently. Well, uh, guess what? You've been right every time you picked. I'm an <laughs> yes, Ian in uh, Canada. Hey now, Howard. Hey now. Hey, uh, I used to do a lot of nitrous back in the day when I was young and stupid. And uh, I mean, you have to be very responsible because, yes, if you did too many hits at once, you could black out. So we would sit down, make sure you sat down. And it was greasy as all hell, man. I, I made friends with guys on Grateful Dead Tour that had tanks. And we would hang out, and, uh, man, we were all in a van one day, and Buddy had a dog in there with us. And thank God the dog was there, because we were doing so much nitrous in the van, the dog started whining, and we all sort of snapped out of it and said, oh, shit, maybe we should open the door <laughs> so we could get some fresh air in the fucking van, man. It, it was bad, bro. Like, I, I mean, I'm older now. I would tell people not to do that tank uh, stuff on the parking lots, because it's, it's not medical grade, right? It's not the shit you're getting at the dentist. And right, Robin, right. yes, I've I've done the nitrous at the dentist recently, and I kept telling the assistant, I'm like, is the thing on? Because like I'm not even feeling. Like, I'm so I was so immune to it, or I'd taken it to such a far point where I like the stuff. Of the, I'm like, I don't even feel it. Like I, I felt ripped off because they charged me for it. I was like, man, I was hoping for a bit more out of it. But uh, Howard, I, I don't. You should really try to give fish a chance, man. Um, yeah, I just haven't really got some, gotten into it. They got some it. good tunes, bro. Honestly, like, I, All right. what do I know? They covered, they covered the whole White Album, bro. I know you love the Beatles. They love the Beatles. Like, whoever gives you those audio packs to play on the radio is, like, messing with you because they give you, like, this quirkiest 
out of context shit that Fish does. And they're, they're weird, right? Like they're sort of like Frank Zappa in a way. They play weird music. So if you just get a little snippet and you're like, what the fuck is this? Like, I, I get where you're coming from, but they do really yeah, have some I, good tunes. I, I've not had a lot of exposure to Fish, so it would be dishonest just, of me. I just find I, it I just, funny to to goof on their whole thing, but three I really don't know. Out? Can I give you three what is that? just to check out? No, no, I, I, I'm not that invested in all of this. I don't want to check it out. I, honestly, I'm, I'm not like going to waste. Bro. Yeah, yeah, you I like. I, I, I don't want to check it out. For some reason, I'm against it. I don't want to hear about it. I'm done. Uh, Bert, you go know, ahead. I want to ask on. you a question. Sure. He said he did it when he was young and dumb. Yeah. And he did it a lot. And it ruin it destroys brain cells. Right. So what is he now? <laughs> I don't know what he is. Bert, go ahead. You're on the well, air. Well, if he's young and dumb and destroyed a lot of brain cells, I don't think he's old and smart. <laughs> go ahead, Bert. What's up? Good morning, Howard. Good morning, Robin. Um, Good morning. Really quick. Have you been uh, paying attention to our favorite Jimmel Kimmel? And what he's been doing on his uh, monologue when he starts his show. Jimbo Kimball. Uh, of course, I've watched Jimmy, and I, I've told Jimmy personally, I think his monologue is fantastic. I got to say, uh, Jimmy Kimmel, and also you got to throw in Seth Meyers, those two have just been just force-feeding the... I don't want to get into the whole political thing, but been just self-serving you know johnny and Cruz and this mtg woman and gates it's just so great that jimmy and his team are just throwing their words right back at him and they don't know what to do because i don't recall i don't recall what happened on january 6th amazing yeah, yeah. Uh, Bird is uh, referring to uh, Seth Meyers' monologue is particularly good. In fact, I called him to tell him that uh, I, I said, I don't know how many people in show business do this, but uh, I got to tell you, I think your monologue is great. And I have repeatedly told uh, Jimmy, uh, whenever I speak to him, I go, I think you've got the greatest monologue going out there on late night television. I think he's doing a fabulous job. I really do. And I mean... Not just from the standpoint that I agree with him politically, but also just from the wit and the presentation. Uh, it's all it, his whole team. They do a great job. And I've told uh, I've told Jimmy on many an occasion that I think he's doing a great job. OK, thank you, Bert. There you go. By the way, for fans of fish, we have a fish radio station on Sirius XM. They call it a channel radio channel. And. Uh, you know, the, the so you can get all the fish you want. <laughs> what is this? Fish live at the garden. <laughs> Let me hear this. Here, here we go. Fish live at the garden. There you go. Sounds good okay, to what's me. what's next? Right. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got for me? Yay! Uh, let's see what else. Yeah, so a lot of people wrote in about, that. this is how we got on the topic, that Jason had gone to Madison Square Garden, and sure enough, as you just heard, he put himself in harm's way, and now he has COVID. It was wow. it was a no brainer. <laughs> oh, just as long. Let me let me uh, finish uh, the fan mail that came in, and then I'll get to a bunch of other things, Robin. But uh, on Monday show, we debuted a 
a remixed ballad version of The Great American Nightmare. You even asked me, Robin, did, did we get Rob's permission to screw around with his song? And in fact, we did. We put together, uh, we took Rob's raw vocals with a bunch of our staff playing instruments. And if you missed it, here's a little clip of it. This was uh, what we played on the start of uh, Monday's show. A lot of people liked it. Several people wrote, can you make that available, the, new, the slow version? That new a slow version of Great American Nightmare available on the app. I like it a lot. You should uh, play it more often. Put it in regular rotation on the show. Howard, I love the slow version of the Great American Nightmare. It sounded so good. I usually stop and get a coffee near my house before getting on the highway heading to work. I didn't want to stop listening. The raspy vocals and blues music rocked right on. I agree. I liked it. Uh, slow Great American Nightmare was uh, fucking awesome. The production was phenomenal. Steve Nowicki was wailing on that guitar like he was Stevie Van Halen. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, here's uh, Steve's little track. And I told you it was interesting. The guys put this together. Everyone was in a separate studio. Uh, everyone did their little part and uh, put that whole thing together. Who mixed together. it? Uh, who mixed it? Jeez. Uh, I don't they know. They should get some props too. Rich Very Gibbons. Good. Rich Gibbons. Big Rich Gibbons, uh, as they call him. <laughs> but uh, here's Steve doing his little solo. Showing off his guitar skills. As a matter of fact, I asked Steve, I said, uh, what were you using on that? And he recorded this on his homemade Eddie Van Halen Frankenstrat replica. Oh. There you go. Oh, for those of you who love that kind of nonsense, there you are. <laughs> a lot of people liked hearing from Michael the Gay Firefighter yesterday. The audience was happy to hear him again. Uh, get Michael the Firefighter back on soon. He's a real gem, way better than Bobo. <laughs> uh, Michael the Firefighter seems like the coolest dude. Please check in on him from time to time. He probably has a ton of good stories. So nice to hear from a guy like Michael. I hope he gives... Hope to people struggling with being who they really are. Please have him on again. A one fan thinks Michael is too good to be true. I kind of agree with Chris Wilding. Something seems a little weird with the caller, Michael. He seems almost too perfect, smart, brave, and a giant cock. Too good to be true. Uh, Bobo returned to the show on Tuesday after a three-month ban. 
And believe it or not, with one appearance, Robin, the fans are already sick of Bobo. Oh, no. <laughs> yep, yep. He burned out his welcome in, in one one appearance. Wow. I don't. I did not miss Bobo one bit, and his return reminded me of why. Can we have a Bobo-free spring, please? Mm. Photography. Bobo sucks. I totally forgot he was missing from the show until he came back today. Any longtime fan of Howard has heard you say why you choose Channel 100. Does this guy ever really listen to the show? Photography. Um, Marianne from Brooklyn got tons of praise for coaching Bobo on how to formulate proper <laughs> questions for the show. And the fans showed their appreciation for her hard work in tutoring Bobo on how to call the show. Marianne is the Bobo Whisperer. She didn't put up with any of his bullshit and even got him to come up with decent questions. She should have that job permanently. Uh, Marianne from Brooklyn did some nice work coaching Bobo. Those questions he asked were brutally bad. It's like he learned nothing from his time out. So there you go, Marianne. You've uh, charmed the audience once again. Howard, I got some breaking news, and I'm really down in the dumps about it. Right after that segment yesterday, and I want your opinion on Robbins, and um, a fan texted me uh, that said that, and I have all the texts to prove it on the fans online, he's questioned, Howard, over the years from a fan. He's taking questions from a fan, Howard and Robin. I am in shock. I'm shaking. I can't believe I'm so upset about it. And he And I confirmed it with him last night. Are you saying... That Bobo has a ghost writer. He doesn't write his own questions? Listen to this, right. Hi, Marion. Been a big fan for the past 15 years. This is from Andy on Instagram. Wanted to let you know I've been feeding Bobo questions via Facebook messaging for the past couple of years. Hold I, on. Hold on, Marianne. Breaking news. I have a guy named Andy on the phone, yes. for real, who claims he is the Andy. Andy, are you the uh, Andy in question that Marianne says has been writing for Bobo for years? Hi, Howard. Hi, Robin. Yeah, I'm Andy. Andy from Florida here. Um, took an interest in Bobo when I heard he was moving down here to Central Florida. And um, started messaging him, just commenting on his calls and stuff, mostly positive things. And just like a lot of listeners, if I came up with an idea or something, I'd want to call, but I just never had the time or the courage to call in. So I would start throwing topics over to Bobo's way. And every now and then, I'd hear my topic on the air, and I thought, hmm, it's kind of interesting, but he's, he's taking all the credit for it. So mm. what I started to do is saying, how far can I go? So I started wording the questions word for word as, he, as how he would probably say them. And sure enough, the last question right before he got canceled on January 19th was one of my questions about, um, do you still meditate? Now that you don't go in the city anymore. And, you know, he didn't give any credit to his fans. Um, and then yesterday, after hearing the show, um, everyone, you know, everyone was praising him. Marianne said, good job. He was patting himself on the back. But we, those probably aren't even his questions either. Well, Andy, you've just uh, lit a lit a bomb off like uh, Vladimir Putin in Ukraine. You just exploded everything. First of all, taking credit for Bobo's questions is like bragging about being Gary's pitching coach. It's maybe something you don't even want to take credit for. But 
Uh, I must say, uh, you know, plagiarism is taken very seriously here, and we are on top and of that. And he's been accused of that Can before. Can I ask you a question, and though, guilty of it. Is, he on, is he on the line today? I doubt it. If he knows he's no. wrong. See? He's not on the line. Right. This oh. is, and he would have been. After, after a three-month hiatus, he would have been there with bells on, but he knows because I confronted him last night. I said, how could you claim? I mean, a lot of times fans say to me, can you ask this question? And I say, no, you call and ask. Or, you know, I tell fans, call and use your own questions. I have my own mind. i got to go with my own thoughts. But Andy, I'm, I've got a question for you. Yeah. Um, now, when you write for Bobo and you write his questions for him, um, are you are you legitimately stupid or are you intentionally writing stupid questions? In other words, to you know make them ultra stupid. Well, I must say I'm only writing about twenty percent of what he actually says on air. Um, I see. But yeah, some of them are pretty general. I want you know. I don't. I wouldn't say necessarily they're stupid, but uh, but you know, I try to put a little bit of thought behind them. I see, <laughs> Andy. What is it um, you're saying here today? Do you feel that there should be a segment on our show where you could take uh, Bobo to Howard Stern Court and uh, bring this out and bring out the truth? And perhaps um, there well, might we have don't to be even a... know if Bobo is denying it, and that we need a court. I know. No. Robin, he, he confirmed it on my text last night. He said he did oh. it. He confirmed it, Robin. Ah. Wow. Wow, Robin. There's already a confession <laughs> on the book. Yeah. On today's show, we bring back Judge Wendy on the Howard Stern Court. In one corner, we have Bobo, who has been asking questions on the Howard Stern Show for many years. And on the other side, we have Andy, who claims he's been plagiarized. He's been writing for Bobo for years. I did use some of the questions. Yes, yes I did. Uh, he didn't want any credit for it. To where he told me he can't call the show because he's busy. So if he wants to, use, like, if you, he wanted to use them, he could from Andy. But the fact that he's been saying so, so much, I crafted my questions. Right. Millions of legal pads. Right. You know, Howard, this needs to go down where we got to do something. Me? I want him to give up his cameo. I want him to be off until September. I don't want him back, Howard. This is like a travesty that he claims he's writing his questions and he's banned for, for lying. And now, yesterday, he gets Robin, hold it. I have an update. Judge Wendy is eating her gavel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just the tip of the iceberg. If he's getting help from me... Think about all the other people all over the country that are messaging him. It's getting a little bit from me, a little bit from them. Andy, are you making the the claim that you have reason to believe that Bobo is is using other writers secretly? Well, absolutely. I can't be the only one. Um, You know, I started out with all positive, you know, vibes with Bobo messaging him. I actually asked him if he wanted to go gator hunting with us a couple of years ago. But, um, you know. I have a question, say, Robin. Why yeah. do we need Bobo? Why don't we just replace him with Andy? That's, <laughs> since Andy's writing the questions, why not? Yeah. Why don't we go straight to Andy? <laughs> Bobo doesn't even read your questions well. 
Yeah, right. Uh, Andy, do you mind if I call you Andy Bobo? And then uh, we just we just sort of Bo slowly Bandy. move over to you. Yeah, Bobo that. Andy. I love that, Howard. On our phone, ladies and gentlemen, to answer these accusations, because I don't I, I don't even want to believe what I'm hearing, is Bobo. So Bobo Andy, hold on. Bobo, what is this I'm hearing that you have been using a ghostwriter for years and not giving him credit? First of all, let me explain to you something. Over the years, in the last couple of years, he's a nice man. He sent things to me, questions. He goes, I can't call up because if you want to use it. So I said, yeah, I'll look at it. Some of them I use, some of them I don't. Let me interrupt. I try to help you. Stop being a liar. Come on. You're a liar. He's a a nice man. You sit in Mother Cabrini praying and you're the biggest liar. How would that be? Now, 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 Marianne, you got to give me a moment here. Okay. Bobo, you're dangerously close to going down as the Millie Vanilli of the Howard Stern Show. You know that. (laughs) And he's laughing. I'm but he wants to find Howard. He wants to find Howard. Excuse me. Uh, now, uh, Bobo, remember when you took Greg Gutfeld's joke? It turned into a real problem. I remember that. What's that General and, Hospital? That's yeah, right. but that's plagiarizing is different than a fan offering to give me. He's a nice guy. And he asked me, he goes, hey, do you want to use these? You know? And he never said about, hey, I want credit. What I'm going to say, oh, this is from so-and-so. They don't want credit. Just He's the fan. The Just say from the fan. I would have found you that very interesting, credit, Bobo. Bobo. But these people don't. They just want to do because they just want to. Andy, I'll ask Andy. He's probably uh, in the business. A There's a lot to unpack here, Robin. He said these people. <laughs> yeah. And he's right. He's a nice guy. <laughs> How about at the end, Bobo, just say, hey, Howard, I had a couple questions from the fans out there that reached out. you mind if I ask them to you? I don't. I never wanted my name out there, um, you know, or anything like that. Just don't, you know, don't pat yourself on the back after these questions. I mean, they're not even coming from you. We don't, we don't know. Now, some of the questions you ask, I know we're way out of your wheelhouse. I know you're getting them from somewhere else. But we, we just don't know now which ones are coming from you. We like off-the-cuff Bobo. You can ask anyone that. The best Bobo is off-the-cuff. I have a question. I, like, I come up with 99% of my content. But Everyone there's a these people, Bobo. Oh, okay. Come on. 99%. Do you know what 99% is? Everyone, listen, listen, Marianne, there is so, let let me ask one question, please. Now, um, Andy, why did you decide to expose Bobo at this time after all these years? Well, it's been three months since he was on. One of the last questions he asked was one of my questions. I'm like, okay, no big deal. It's pretty cool to hear it on air. But then yesterday, right after 
right when he was done with his segment, you know, he was really saying, you know, I did such a good job crafting these. This is like, you know, his legal notepads. And he just makes it sound like it's all him. But I think a couple of those questions weren't even really his. It's, Can I ask you this? Uh, yes, when Bobo called in with, what did you think of Kim Kardashian hosting Saturday Night Live? Was that your question, uh, Andy? No. That was not. Okay. No, that was and, what, and, the, and everyone remembers the question, what are your thoughts on Caitlyn Jenner? Was that your question or Bobo's? Uh, that was not mine, no. That was not yours. All right. And, no, and, and was it most of the stuff. I'm going to confess something today, Howard. Let me confess this. Bobo, let's go back in time. And I'm going to confess this now, Bobo, on my side. When you were so desperate, Bobo Free Summer, who told you to write the apology when you were in the hotel room? Who told you and helped you? Oh, yeah, you you did. You were sitting in your pants. You didn't know what to do. And I said, write an apology. Yeah, you helped me do that, and I wrote it. I wrote it, but right. you told me to do it. Yeah. I said well, it would That's be right. good for the. It would be good ending for That's you no to because you wouldn't think of apologizing. You're such an. Yeah, you helped me out. Yes. You all, right, right, all right. All right. All right. Egomania. If you First of all, I now have to apologize to my audience. First of all, for those of you out there who thought Bobo was writing his own questions. I sincerely apologize. I, I tell you, I did not know. I'm willing to take a lie detector test. I had no idea that this was going on. I know some of you are thinking the whole show is a sham now. <laughs> and I must say Wait, that... Can you ask yes. more people to come forward? Are there more fans who are writing his Yes, material? I'm going like to ask that right Howard. now. Right. I'm glad you said that, Mary. You know people are going to say all kinds of stuff now, Howard. Uh, well, you opened yourself up like again, you. Bobo, to like this. You? No, I didn't, not at all. I, I Andy, 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 uh, what question, Andy, what question did you write? That uh, you're most proud of. That he said, um, the last one he said was he, um, brought, um, Ralph put him on the spot and he's like, okay, Bobo, well, what's your good question for today? And he wrote, he, um, he said my question word for word. It was, um, do you still meditate now that you don't go into the city anymore? Mm-hmm. That was your said. question. Howard, he writes to Andy. I got all the texts. Hey, Andy, I like what you wrote. I will put it into my rotation of questions. Thanks. Hit me up anytime. What do you have to say about that, Bobo? I'm reading it right. <laughs> I, I, know that. I put it in the rotation. Sometimes I don't even go with it. Or if, or if I call Mark, he goes, no good. Well, hold on. Now on our phone is High Pitch Eric, who wants to say something about this. Yes, High Pitch. Howard Bobo went behind Marianne's back, okay? And I think Bobo should be banned for four months by doing this. Wow. High Pitch Eric Eric is one of the judges of the WAC Pack. High Pitch yeah. Eric is calling for another ban of four months now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is oh, getting serious. God, he really went down that road twice. Oh, oh my God, Bobo. Yeah, now, uh, how could you have done this? Um, no. Let me just say, uh, uh, hold on a second, will you? 
Ladies and gentlemen, uh, investigative reporter, one of the most famous journalists that ever lived. You know him. You love him. Dan Rather. Go ahead, Dan Rather. Howard, I was just on my way to Kiev, but this, this is the story I must pursue. I'm jumping into my Buick right now. This is the story of the century. You know, we know this gentleman is of limited capacity, but this is completely within the realm of possibility. This could change the course of history for America as we know it. I am well, determined, Howard. Mr. Rather, uh, as a famous journalist, uh, you probably wrote all your own material. I mean, uh, you, or, or you credited people with uh, the material. I mean, what, 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 what do I say to Bobo here? What do you say to Bobo? Listen. I felt the collective hearts of America break when I exposed the crimes perpetuated by Richard Nixon at the Watergate Hotel. And I foresee deja vu after I crack this case wide open. This is the story that will bring our country together. I would you say, know, Mr. Rather, I, I still can't get o I still can't get over the fact that Bobo has a writing staff. I, I had no. Uh, uh, it's amazing, isn't it? I'm sitting here I'm saying madder to myself, somebody else wrote those can. stupid questions. Howard, here's more. Thank you, buddy. I'll call with that tomorrow. I love it. Thank you for sending to me. I really appreciate it. It's getting harder to come up with good air material. Do you believe that he's right. stupid enough to text fans with this? That he's stupid enough These to fans like... Are, not, are nice enough to send it to me. I don't blow them off. I love my fans. And I think it's you nice. Love, oh, they're your like fans again. They're always your fans, like something. your cameo money. They're always your fans. No, guess what? They're Howard's fans. Nobody gives a shit about you or me. They're Howard's fans. All right. Fans. Well, I don't know fans, man. I'm not delusional. This will be our last conversation because do not get in touch with me. You lost a friend. You lost a friend. You're a liar. You lost what? a good friend and you know you're it. Very All the you're very nasty, man. I'm you lost a friend. I'm not lying. Like that. I'm you're a liar. Like that. You're, not you're not wired. You're not wired at all. All right, Marianne. You're I'm going to cut Marianne off. And the fans <laughs> tell me it's rogue. How nasty you are. Well, you, I'm not uh, like that. Howard, wow. plagiarism <laughs> is tantamount to treason. I know, Mr. Rather. Uh, Jeff the Drunk wants to weigh in. How do you feel about this, Jeff? Um, Bobo should be banned. Until the end of your contract. Wow. You know, Jeff, wow. this, is, this is your big phone call that I should be banned for the end of the contract. You fucking asswipe. You never come up with anything. You lose. I don't have people write for me. I don't have people write for me. Maybe you should. My fans. Andy, do you mind writing for Jeff the drunk a little bit? I'll see if I can get some quick questions. <laughs> all right listen I, my head is exploding from this bobo i gotta think about this uh you know jeff the drunk makes a good point jeff has never stolen a topic and it's pretty obvious. no not at all i don't think that's it was stolen i just think it was the fan send me some something how that's interesting and sometimes i've used it i don't well, see you the gotta real you gotta say this was sent really to me don't. by a fan you gotta say that people don't want to be acknowledged they tell me all the time. They don't want don't their want names name. used, but they want you to not take full credit for their work. And it's worth hey, the word, Bobo. It's right I'm owning up to it. I'm not denying it, you know, and, I, and I'm talking nice No, we you, caught you again. I think you did. <laughs> this is like nine twelve all over again. <laughs> we caught you. But I'm going to tell you, 
And 99%, I'm, I don't know, 99%, but most of the stuff that I do is all coming from me. Every once in a while, do I How can we believe you? We, how I do we know? How do we know? How do we know? That's, this is a, this is an atrocity. I will look right? into it, Howard. I will do this. Shit. What? I sit here with legal pads and I, I just write stuff down all the time. And then, oh, you know, I do uh, have fans that are on social media <laughs> and they send me stuff and I look at it, I get ideas. Sometimes they do, sometimes I don't. So I don't there's a lot of people who provide you with information and subject matter that you use. Yeah, from time to time. Yes. I don't use it all yes. the time. A lot of it comes right. from my head. Sounds like uh, you've been we, lying to us again. No, I wouldn't. I'm not lying. No. Andy's just yes. saying. I come up with my own stuff. He misses the point. Andy's saying if it's his idea, you should say, hey, a fan gave me this idea. A fan. Mm-hmm. That would be interesting, Bobo. But no, you take okay. all the credit. Okay. I could have right. said that. I'll give you that. Hey, Andy, were you the brains behind the famous question that Bobo asked? What are your thoughts on Jeff Bezos and his brother taking off for a trip to space? I'm not the ghost rider on that one, but I do believe I'm tip of the iceberg. I think this is, right. I mean, the, the only Rob real Bobo, I think, is when. The, how it, the oh, Rob yeah. Zombie one you didn't answer is mine. All right, well, it turns out that uh, Andy is claiming not only that he writes for Bobo for years, but uh, he believes that there's a bigger conspiracy out there, that there are more fans than uh, him. And uh, Bobo himself said, uh, oh, the fans write me. So uh, yeah, there I is indication. They do. Nice they're, they're very nice. They're very nice. <laughs> it boggles <laughs> the mind, Howard. It boggles the mind. Yeah, you know, and Mr. They Rather. Have, they don't have time to, to call the running businesses and to go, hey, you want to use this? I go, hey, this sounds good. So time to time, I'll look at it and use it. But I come up with a lot of my it, own but stuff. You, you got to also say, mm-hmm. buddy uh, wrote this for me. Okay, I'll do that. That is saying I labored over my legal pads for this question. You're you're yeah. giving out false information is the point. How many Andes okay. are out there? How deep does this go? <laughs> this could take months. We need to get to the bottom of this well of stupidity. Right. Well, Mr. Rather, what do we do with Bobo while you're investigating? That's not up to me to decide. I'm not a law person. I don't uh, I don't follow uh, the rules of justice. I follow the rules of truth. And I'm going to get down to the truth, however shocking and astronomically devastating it may be. Thank you, uh, Mr. Rather. Uh, greatly appreciated your investigative journalism. Frank, go ahead in Florida quickly, please. Howard, oh my God, I love you. I, I've been a fan since Channel 9, so I love you. Hey, let, let me ask you something. Why do you indulge him? Why do you indulge Bobo this way? I would. <laughs> I want to propose that if you pick up on the next, I don't know, you choose the number, five, six, seven callers, and you ask them, should I ban this cocksucker for the rest of his life? They're all going to say yes. Everybody hates him. And you indulge Not him. I think, I think George you Bush might. loved black people more than you love your audience. All right, Frank, I'll do a random poll. I'll do a random poll. Thank you, Frank. People love to hate. Bobo, I'm going to do a random poll. Let me see if it's true. Hi, Lisa. Yes or no? Are you you sick of Bobo? (laughs) 
Try Lisa. Hello, hello. Try Lisa. Are you there? Mm. Oh, I'm sorry. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Hello. I'm 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 uh, I'm with uh, the gentleman. Bye bye, Bobo. He took advantage of Anne's kindness, and that that was uncalled for. Hey, if when Dry That's Lisa like, turns on you, you're in big trouble. Wow, Dry yeah. Lisa says um, that she is anti Bobo. Thank you, Dry Lisa. <laughs> Mike uh, in New York, what do you think? I think Bobo. You're getting the wrong end of the deal here, buddy. These people are crazy. Marianne is a maniac, all right? First of all, a maniac. And you take, all the stupid, you take all the stupid questions you want from these people. Because in the end, you, first of all, uh, not for nothing, Howard, all the whack packs, they got to get a salary. They need to get paid, these guys. Because either they're the best <laughs> actors in the world, or you found, uh, you know, you're taking advantage of a bunch of slow people. <laughs> probably the second uh, I'm probably taking advantage of slow people thank you Mike uh, well there's one pro and one uh, anti-bobo yeah. let me say this Hold it. I've been we're, calling we're this show for 30 years all of a sudden now there's a few people that are calling that shows you it hasn't been going on for years Have every, every once in a while yes but I've been calling this show for 30 years when you were on 5 days a week whatever you know I was always there I was always calling up with questions, and no one ever called in and said, "Oh, he took my question." Now, if you like this, ask Napkin Ed. Do you uh, are you pro uh, Bobo or anti Bobo? Keep keep that motherfucker banned for life. (laughs) Oh, Ed, lame. Who the hell wants to hear from you? Lame ass motherfucker. What do you contribute? You don't contribute anything. Oh, he contributes ass more than you. Yeah. The yeah. more slow people okay. that contribute, the better. I need all the witnesses I can get, Howard. Please, <laughs> let them keep calling. Right. Well, now I'm counting uh, uh, Ask Napkin Ed's comment, and that's uh, two to one against Bobo. Two to one. Uh, let's go to Dean. Dean, go ahead. Yeah, Howard. So Bobo's an idiot, granted. But, I mean, come on, Marianne. He texts Marianne, and she runs right to you with it. That's kind of fucked up, too. And now we got mm. high pitch Eric weighing in, the guy that couldn't come. <laughs> The fucking cum queen. Come on, man. Bobo's an idiot, but let's cut him a little slack this point because everybody's going to be piling out at this point. Thank you. Thanks, buddy. Right, that's, a, that's a, yeah, that's a two pro that's Bobo. That's a pro Bobo. And, and um, that's two pro and two con. Yeah. Robin. And, Comes and down to Ralph. this last let's, caller. Let's, let's see what Ralph says. Ralph, are you pro Bobo in this or are you anti Bobo? Well, listen, you know, going back to the last thing he did, everybody's sort of forgetting what the punishment was, the first part of the punishment. And this is why I bailed on the whole thing. He was supposed to change the names on his social media account. He was supposed to change from Bobo. He was supposed to lose the name. And he never did that. And the ban was for three to six months. And if he didn't do any of it, it would be over at six months, not three months. So in other so words, you're saying. He shouldn't saying... even be on the air. With You're these. saying this shouldn't even happen because Bobo should still be off the air. Yeah, he should open his mouth, period. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Now, Ralph, you're being too harsh, okay? Bobo, and you were supposed to, you Bobo, were, Bobo, were you or were you not supposed to change the names of your social media you accounts to Steve to me. the Fool from Listen Florida? Yes me. or no? You were yes permanently suspended on Twitter, dude, All right, man. all right, all right, all right. And you're trying to go into my private life. 
You don't do. You don't fuck with my accounts. Case closed. The case closed. I don't even know what the case is. <laughs> my name. All right, I got to go think about this. That's a good one. Andy, I'm sorry all your questions were never credited to you. If you care to, uh, please send me a list of some of them so we can give you proper credit. Thank you, Howard. Yeah, exactly. uh, Bobo, yeah. just one more thing, man. Do you, do you think after 30 years, maybe you just don't have any more questions? Maybe that's no, it. No, I always still come up with stuff. I've been doing this for 30 years, like I said. All of a sudden now, you know, like yourself, you come up and say, yeah, I well, took some of your questions. I think now but you're over starting the year, to grab from the That was fans. all my stuff. All, All right, my stuff. Well, here we go. Uh, I, I asked the same question yesterday. I was hoping that after 30 years, maybe Bobo would take a few days off and uh, not have a question. <laughs> he always has a question. Right. I All right. Yeah, because now. people you are writing for it. Robin, for those people just tuning in, Bobo has been uh, outed. He has not written all his own questions, as he led us to believe, on his legal pads. He claimed that he, for years, has been straining come up with questions for the show in a bombshell today andy now tells us that he has been ghostwriting for bobo for quite some time now and never receiving credit marianne from brooklyn brought this up thank you marianne for that that was the reason i brought it up was because he kept saying that he does all his own he revolved his whole life around crafting the questions and the legal pad. My husband's driving to New Jersey. He just heard Bobo say, because my husband very rarely listens to the show. He's in his office, but he had a meeting. And he heard you say, Bobo, the fans hate me. So my husband wants the proof in your text where the fans hate me. Then he wants to know why the fans hate me. I don't the say the hate, like the hate when, you, the when fans, you talk to me like the way Bobo, you do. And you're my friend. You didn't say that, Bobo, because Howie could pull the tape again. If the fans hate That's me, let them hate saying. me. Because guess what, Bobo? I'm not lying on the air. I'm telling I'm the truth. So if, if the fans hate me, you know what? Let them hate no, I said, me. But I'm telling the truth, and you're not. They hate so you. The talk fans, to me the way you the do, man. Hate me, but I tell All the right. truth. You, another, you, in, in other words, said I craft my questions, and or, let's go back ten years with All the right. legal right. pads. Fair enough, with, Marianne. With, with the legal How long has dance? Bobo lived in Florida? Florida? I have crafted all my questions. All right, listen, Ali, listen. I just need to know how long you've lived in Florida. He's still talking. How long have you lived in Florida? Eight years. So for eight years, you've been getting help? No, not eight years. This guy started December 5th, 2019, okay? (laughs) And I didn't take every question. He sent me some, and some I used. And I apologize for not crediting him, but... Jamie, over the uh, um, excuse me, uh, Jamie in New Jersey. Let's go to Jamie. Hey, 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 hey Howard, uh, can, can can you put a poll out there saying like what's better, Bobo Steak or Dead Air? I don't understand a word you're saying. Say it again. <laughs> I said, can you put a poll out there that is a Bobo segment better than Dead Air? Oh, well, yeah, I can see you're not on Team Bobo for sure. All right, let's leave it at that. It's been exposed. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people writing in about this. April 27th, 2022, a date that will live in infamy where we learn that Bobo doesn't write all his own questions. And we'll see how this plays out. Okay, Bobo? Okay.
right. Shame. Thank you. Scandal. In my defense, all these years, and I'm saying this goes back. You know how far back it goes. I've been doing this all these years. Don't you think? Mr. Rather, would you sum it up for us right now and tell us what you're thinking? Well, I'd say I'd normally end by saying courage, but this really is just lunacy. Shame, scandal, and dishonor, the Bobo story. We're going to keep you updated at the top of the hour or as close as we can get to it. I was among, you know, the reporters present when Bud Dwyer blew his own head off live television. But this is truly the most shocking story. All right, thank you. Uh, that's Dan Rather reporting on the Bobo incident with Andy, and uh, and and more to come as Dan Rather will delve deeper into this in the days to come on this show. Now, Robin, I, yeah. I hate to I hate to break away from this, but I do have to get to a commercial. Uh, you know, <laughs> the, the, this has to be. It is done. shocking. I, I'm really sitting here I shocked. See. I've never that seen. anyone was helping with those crazy questions. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shocked anyone would take credit for them. <laughs> but uh, the, nevertheless, it's happened. Uh, let's talk about um, Nutrisystem for Men real quick. I want to thank those guys for what they did for my boy Jason. That's Pink. always like her. had that certain something something that uh big anthemic pop songs can appreciate that she keeps turning them out cranking them out i guess uh she wrote this one uh, she was separated from her husband that guy i think he's some sort of athlete and uh yeah i don't know which kind of athlete he is check my flow oh. She was uh, riffing over a beat, and she came out with the line, Guess I just lost my husband. I don't know where he went. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, but by the time the album was set to be released... They were back together, They were right? back together, so... He was back in the music video. And even though the, the song was about their possible divorce, Pink felt it was important to keep it on the album, and uh, they're still together. It's they a have great children. song. What, are you going to lose a song? Because it came uh, back? Like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Harry Hart rides dirt bikes. Yeah, I thought it was one of those sport? X Games kind of uh, sports. One of those sports you're not sure if it's a sport. Right. <laughs> <laughs> a dirt bike. But uh, evidently very dangerous. So there you go. I never got involved in it. Uh, I did want to mention a couple of things. I mentioned this yesterday that it is the 20th anniversary of The Bachelor. And I had to mention it because I love The Bachelor so much. You know I'm number one Bachelor Nation. Um, uh, just real quick to commemorate the event. The Bachelor premiered on March 25th, 2002. And ABC hasn't stopped churning out the seasons since 20 years. There's been 26 seasons of The Bachelor. And then In there's a million years, spinoffs. Had 26 seasons. That seems yeah. criminal. <laughs> what they do is sometimes they have two seasons a year. Yeah. yeah. Plus, not to, let's celebrate all the spinoffs. The Bachelorette, Bachelor Pad, Bachelor in Paradise. There's even a fucking live show called Bachelor uh, Live on Stage, which I, I yeah have that to get travels to. around the country, right? Uh, you can I go can't... see the bachelors and the and bachelorettes. I need to see that because how you've can never you... been, have you? <laughs> no, 
This fucking COVID is just destroying my social life. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, we celebrate all things Bachelor on this show because I'm addicted to it. I've interviewed the Bachelors. I've gossiped with guests about the Bachelor. Do We've you done remember the bits. first Bachelor? I bet you don't even. Uh, wasn't it? Uh, you know, I probably don't. But but I want to say it was the, the that that guy. He was like a prince or something. He like Prince no, Borghese. No, 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 no. no. Do you remember the first one? I don't. But the, no. you know, because uh, you're such a fan, I was like wondering if you could remember the very first bachelor but i don't remember him the second ever bachelor aaron Berge, he was on our show mm -hmm. but the first one i thought was that prince marchese or whatever his name was but who cares Borghese. Borghese. <laughs> i was a <laughs> prince anyway the uh, the big thing that we got from the bachelor is vocal fry it's become such a part of the bachelor it's uh, almost like saying, I'm here for the right reasons. That's another thing they say on The Bachelor. And uh, I don't know what, what I, you know, I learned about vocal fry from The uh, Bachelor. And uh, what it is, according to psychologists, it's when people try to sound more intelligent. So they croak like a frog. Don't ask me why. Why sounding like a frog makes you sound more intelligent? I don't understand. Why are you people talking like this makes them feel like they're more intelligent. <laughs> For some reason, here's a, a, I, I put together in honor of their 20th anniversary. Here is Vocal Fry. Uh, I guess what you'd call a, um, a smattering of Vocal Fry. It really felt like you're like on a different planet. That's what's so great is we always have so much fun. We have had such an incredible connection like day one. Like, and I've always like told you that I've never in my life felt before. And I think it's because you continuously like push me. Yeah. After hometowns, I was so happy and so excited. That's from uh, Clayton and Rachel's dinner date right before heading to the fantasy suite. If I was with a woman and she was going like, uh, I'd be like, did you swallow a frog or some gravel? What's going on with you? And I'm not going to fuck you until you stop that. But he uh, he fucked her. Um, Who's Clayton? Clayton? Clayton. You don't know who Clayton is? How dare you? I... Uh, I'd assume someone oh, had COVID yeah, if I heard them talking like, uh, <laughs> Yeah, maybe you should get a test. By the way, uh, we made a phony phone call with Vocal Fry in 2012. Let me remind you of that, Robin. Richard and Sal called up Tradio and annoyed yeah. the host with Vocal Fry. Good morning. You're on Swap Shop. Good morning. How are you? Oh, we're doing right. good. Good. I'm uh, selling a sewing machine. What kind of sewing machine uh, you got? Uh, it's kind of old, and my parents make when my mom uses it. It's like really loud, and it's like so annoying. And we want to just like get rid of it, you know. I want to sell the sewing machine. What's your number? Get rid of it. Yes, yeah, so my phone number is two seven zero. And like, who's gonna like call me? Because I hate like getting like. Let's just forget this one. Good morning, you're on Swap Shop. These prank callers are so annoying. For the rest of the day, we will be scanning every phone call that comes in, so Lori will let you scan those. I'll find your love. Let's go to one. Good morning. You're on Swap Shop. What is going on here with these callers? I don't know. Jeez. I'm selling a lawnmower. If you want to sell the lawnmower, give me your phone number. Absolutely. My phone number is the same. 
think we're are they, are they Yeah, are they speaking in normal voices when they call in? Well, not really. I don't think. Well, then don't, I don't, know who's don't who. make their call. <laughs> okay. I think we got the uh, call screener in trouble there. Oh, really? Yeah. Anyway, when Sal and Richard put on that vocal fry, I think the bachelor would have proposed to them. They're yeah, so good at it. Uh, and of course, over the years, I talked to anyone about The Bachelor. Uh, here's another phony phone call from years ago. We used uh, drops of me talking to uh, talking about The Bachelor to call a video store and a sports internet radio show. Here we go. I love The Bachelor so much. The Bachelor. We love that show. We don't carry a lot of DVDs like that. It would probably be Walmart. Um, I mean, he's a nice-looking kid, but then you remember. Yeah. He's kind of a moron. Like, his best years were okay. in high school. I've got a bit of a line here, so I'm going to have to let you go. He's on a date with a girl. Listen to this. You have a great day. And then she had vocal fry on top of it. All right. She's like, like, uh... You have a good day. Uh, I'm going to have to let you go, though. Have a good day. Bye. Hello? Listen to this. No. I was in the middle of watching The Bachelor. I'm not... Fuck off! I was so glued to The Bachelorette yesterday, watching every frame of that thing, studying it. How does that tie into what we're talking about? I watch that like a real man watches a Met game. You know what? What's your topic? Get to your yeah, topic Gary, or Gary, Gary, you probably should just go ahead and cut him off now, Gary. So well, the guys game. are in really good shape mostly on that show. Yeah. God bless Bachelor Nation. Hashtag Bachelor Nation for... Fuck you. <laughs> I'm like a, a Jehovah's Witness of The Bachelor, spreading the word on TV shows and calling video stores. And You're giving them free publicity. Yeah. I love it. Let's see what else I got to commemorate the 20th anniversary of Bachelor. Oh, the first uh, Bachelor was uh, Alex Michelle or Mitchell? Oh, Michelle. Alex Michelle. You're absolutely right, Robin. <laughs> Um, by the way, as long as I'm talking about over the years with Bachelor, um, do you remember this? We called a current event show with drops of me as a TV producer revealing shocking Bachelor secrets. This was one of my favorites. I'm going to tell the truth about The Bachelor. Here it is. Give us a story. Many times on the show, there were a couple of ugly chicks we put in there just for personality. Um, I would have sex with them uh, just yep. so they wouldn't feel so bad. Uh, wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. Here's another revelation. We paid for all the contestants' abortions. Whoa. What? And there were many. I don't understand. As, what do you mean? You don't know how many babies are buried in the walls of the fantasy suite. Oh. Wow. <laughs> what would be the advantage of doing that? No Jews are allowed on the set of The Bachelor. Hey. What the hell are you talking about? We have a no Jew policy. Hold on now. I, I right. didn't know that. I mean... Come on, because my religion, you telling me I can't be on your show? Are you serious? Many of us would rub the girls' toothbrushes on our balls when they what? weren't in their rooms and then what? laugh about it. Now that ain't cool. <laughs> wow. I didn't get arrested. So anyway, in honor of 20 years of The Bachelor, we have a brand new Bachelor-themed prank call. Uh, as I've said over the years, uh, more recently, it's no secret, I miss Chris Harrison as the host of The Bachelor. I thought he was fabulous. He left the franchise after getting in trouble for defending a contestant who went to an antebellum party. You remember that, Robin? Yes. Um, but I do believe Chris was born to host the show. 
Why don't we do a reality show of our own with Chris? I know. We don't have we, to we, call we, it The Bachelor. We could still right. have dating and that whole thing. <laughs> you know, he's home right now. He's still he's still practicing in case they bring him back. I don't know if you know that. Uh, if you don't believe me, listen to this clip of him from after the final rose with uh, The Bachelorette, Caitlin Bristow. He reads slut-shaming tweets people wrote about her during her season. Tell me this didn't deserve an Emmy. Here he is to remember But that when moment. it's thousands and thousands of comments after comments just pouring in of people hating. And I, like, I get death threats. That hurts. Just so everybody understands what we're talking about. Three examples. They were received by Caitlin. This is a tweet. You're the worst bachelorette ever in history. You're a little whore. So shut your little whore mouth. Hashtag slut. Also a tweet. Caitlin, you need to unspread your whore legs and shut your filthy diseased mouth and off. This is, I believe, an email, a direct yeah. message you received. Caitlin is a selfish whore with no morals and a pathetic excuse for a human being. She should just crawl in a hole and die. I hope fans break her spirit so that our kids can see that whoring behavior isn't rewarded. I can't wait to see Caitlin cry like a little bitch. She's a dirty whore who treats people like by the way johnny depp wrote those i don't know if you know robin wrote all of them no that's a joke i mean but chris could give johnny a run for his money reading texts. when chris harrison reads he, the guy never won an emmy bachelor has never was won even nominated he did a great yeah. job I'll, I'll give you a stat on that Neither The Bachelor nor Chris Harrison has ever been nominated for an Emmy. Wow. Shocking. Yeah. Anyway, to uh, commemorate the 20th anniversary, we took the Chris Harrison drops of him reading horrible things, and we called a religious advice show <laughs> because we knew, we knew you'd want to hear that. And here he is, uh, Chris Harrison, calling a religious show. Please feel free to do well, so. Miriam, not, to, uh, not to interrupt you so much, what? dear, but we do have a caller. Yeah, go for it. Hello? Hello, caller. Hi, my name's Caitlin. How are you? Hi, Caitlin. We're doing great. What, uh, how are you? Well, I I've been better. Um, I could really use some marital advice. Mm-hmm. So I, I cheated on my husband, Chris, and I, I confessed to him. I told him, okay. and I feel awful about it but he's just been so verbally abusive to me ever since I, I i don't know what to do about it well um to be honest with you he probably didn't really heal from that oh my god um, right now the environment that you guys are living in is not very he's coming healthy. over to the phone he's picking it up um, how you doing hello i am saddened and shocked right and I know, Chris, and you can't trust her fully, you know, because of that indiscretion. Like, everything's happening to me. Someone should be helping me. I'm the victim. Oh, um, yes. Well, what was me? Both. I know, Chris, and I know that it has given you some issues for, for yourself abuse. as well because. What are you talking about? 
Well, just so everybody understands what we're talking about. Caitlin is a selfish whore no. with no morals okay. and a pathetic excuse for a human being. Um, so I, 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 wow. I can't wait to see Caitlin cry like a little bitch. Oh, wow. Okay. You see what I'm talking well, about? You guys, I understand that there's a lot of anger from your point of view, and I understand that there's a lot of guilt from your wife's point of view. She should just um, crawl in a hole and die. Ma'am, ma'am. Okay, guys, what I want to say yeah. is we don't want to cause a... We, we think that you both are going to need counseling in order to... She's a dirty whore. But we'll oh, wait, oh, you guys. Please do not talk to Hey, guys, wait. You need to unspread your whore legs. Now, no, Chris, you're going to start calling your wife a whore? Yeah. And a prostitute, and she's spreading her legs like you, you said before. Yeah. Um, I don't want to take a part of this conversation. Um, I made a mistake. It, this, um, I, I kind of draw the line here, Chris. It is unacceptable. Yeah, it is. It is. I am incredibly sorry. Well, thank you for the apology. And, I love you. Um, Chris, what well, I want to do I, I love is, you, too. Uh, you know, and, and that's why I want to tell you right now that the man I was cheating on you with was your best friend, Jesse. What? You're a little whore. Whoa, 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 whoa. Chris? Not. Hashtag slut. Chris, no, 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 no. You, I hate you. Shut your filthy, diseased mouth. Chris, this is okay. the reason why you both need to step back. I never back. should have married you. Shut your little whore okay, mouth. Hey, guys, we hey, can't, uh, hey, we gotta, we gotta <laughs> the program. You we need to break her that. spirit so that our kids can <laughs> see that whoring behavior hey, is guys, important. Hey, hey, um, hey, she's a dirty whore. Guys later. Th thank you. Wow. Uh, okay, listeners, we do apologize. Yeah. Um, we we like to counsel individuals with simple things that we could help, but some things we have to refer. And Chris and um, Caitlin, I uh, hope that. The next time maybe we talk, uh, it will be under better circumstances. Yeah. Kind of announcement is that it's like, oh, please you got to call, call them back. <laughs> yeah. Please call us with easier questions, you know, like, <laughs> like, like that was too complex and too many people on the phone we, at one we time. We can handle simple problems, not right. like this. <laughs> mm. I don't know. They finally had a good call and they hung up on it. Well, that was the most exciting call their listeners ever heard. That's right. Well, that's all because of The Bachelor. We were able to make those phony phone calls over the years. Happy anniversary to The Bachelor franchise. I do hope the show runs for 100 more years. I see no reason why it shouldn't. And I yeah, am the most like loyal. It looks like it's here to stay. It does. And I, I am the most loyal citizen of Bachelor. I watch The Bachelor religiously, and I am Bachelor Nation. It's the best show. How Bachelor Nation. You know, women love it. I love it. I heard from tons of women who want to join in and watch The Bachelorette with me. Yeah, with me. Well, there you go. Uh, what a what a wonderful segment uh, commemorating the 20th anniversary. Um, ah, Gerard, not Gerard, Gerard Carmichael will be with us next.
I'm excited to meet you, Rod. I watched his special on uh, Netflix. It's, no, it's HBO Max. HBO Max. Thank you for that correction, Robin. I Yes, HBO Max. I get them all confused. I got so many apps now. I know. I don't know what I'm streaming where sometimes. I can't find shows because I don't remember where I saw them. <laughs> and we're suffering. Add that in, Robin. We are That's suffering right. from from all the <laughs> app confusion. Do you know I ended up paying for Batman movie because I didn't realize it was for free on HBO Max? Are you kidding? No, I had no idea. Jeez. And I have HBO Max. Right. Yeah. So I bought if it on you Amazon. If you Rothaniel, you could have watched Batman. I know. I waited all this time to see Batman so I could see it for free since I paid for <laughs> HBO Max. I was like, you know what? I'm not paying for Batman. You said because that to me. Of, we were talking one day. Yeah. And you said, I'm not paying for Batman. I'll wait till I can see it for free. I said, well, no. when is that? He goes, oh, a couple of months from now. Well, anyway, I, I saw uh, Gerard on uh, his special, Rathaniel, on HBO Max, and I was uh, enamored with this guy. He's terrific. And, uh, you know, he's been around for a long time. I just, he wasn't on my radar, and now he is. So uh, I'm happy to have him on. We'll meet him. Yeah, next. I even a, watched his, uh, he has a movie he just put out. He's a, a budding filmmaker as well. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's so fucking talented. You know? I know. Everyone's doing everything these days. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, anyway, I'm happy to have uh, Gerard on the show. Uh, my guest, Gerard Carmichael, uh, has a new film out called The Count of Three. It's going to be in theaters on May 13th. You can hear Gerard on Raw Dog all the time. He's a fine stand-up comic, and uh, he's on today's comedy radio on Pandora, too. Look at you. There you are. How I'm are on, you, Gerard? I'm on Raw Dog all the time. You are. You're on Raw Dog all the time. You didn't know that, did you? didn't you? know? First, first time hearing of it. <laughs> How exciting. Hi. Hi. How are Great you? to have you on. I, um, you know, it's weird to me, Gerard, that, you know, you've been around a long time. Mm. And I have never heard of you until I saw Rathaniel, the special on uh, HBO Max. It's like weird that, you know, and even when you hosted Saturday Night Live, you said, I'm like the least famous person <laughs> to ever host Saturday yeah. Night Live. And I thought that was funny because. It's so strange, like, like you could. It's so true. You had, <laughs> yeah, but you had your own TV show on NBC, I think. It yeah. Was, Carmichael was the name of the show based on your family and everything. And like, it, it's weird. Like, why hasn't your name been out there? Uh, <laughs> you know, did, did, no, did you ever no. say to your publicist, what the fuck is wrong with you? Guys? No, no, no. I, um, I, I don't know. Well, I, I, I made a lot of things. I made a couple specials. I made a show. Um, I feel really new right now, I guess. So it, it doesn't seem crazy to me that like you watch Nathaniel and then, you know, and I'm here. Um, I'm a little nervous being here. I don't know why. I think it's because I've like seen you so much. This is like visiting the Lincoln Memorial. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh wow, this is cool. Like, look at <laughs> you're at the no, I, I'm, I'm at the Lincoln <laughs> Memorial right now. So I'm just like, so I, I'm a little like, and it's well, early and yeah. I'm a little bit intimidated by you because I thought the special that you did, Rathaniel, which we'll talk about, was so brilliant that when I'm in the presence of somebody who's what I consider to have done genius level work, it is oh, intimidating. It really no. is. Oh, it's an amazing special. That. That's very kind. <laughs> and, the, 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 you know, because I was excited about your comedy special, then I watched you on Saturday Night Live. And uh, when you did the monologue 
you were loose as a goose. I, I was shocked because comedians wait to host um, uh, Saturday Night Live. Were you, you didn't appear to be nervous when you come out and you greet the audience and you do five or ten minutes on live television. It seemed like everything you've done in your career led to that moment. And it, I, I don't know what Lauren's reaction was to it, but I thought, damn, they should say to Gerard, hey, why don't you become the permanent guy to come out every week and just open the show? Wow. Not necessarily be the guest host, because you had a way of summing up. You were talking about Will Smith and the slap and yeah. everything. And it was just really good. Like, you would be the guy who would come out once a week and kind of do whatever was current in a monologue. What, what? Gee, thanks, man. Yeah, it was that good. Did you have a sense? Did, did you have the sense that you were killing on Saturday Night Live when you were doing that little piece? Um, I I felt like it was going well. I, I felt I felt good. I, I like I like the idea that it's live. I, I I was like, okay, like it's showtime. Like, you know, you don't get a lot of that. Like like newscasters go live, you go live. Like, but very few people go live uh, and have like a, a a thing where it's this high wire act where it's like, all right, are you gonna say everything right? Are you gonna like be present? That was like really important to me to just be present, be in the room. So like you could see I'm like talking to the audience a lot, like and kind of ignoring the camera, you know, and just like it, it felt it felt good. I like that. It, that I really kind of wake up in those moments, like when it's like, all right, you you have to, like you have to. Um, what, but, was, what was the feedback you got off of that monologue? Because I, I was watching it with my wife and I said, this guy's killing right now. Like, like it's like it feels topical. It's it's current. It's funny. Well, and I, he's, he, it's like he's just talking to me. He's not he's not telling me jokes. He's talking to me. I appreciate. Well, I guess that's like uh, my style of comedy. Um, I also come in off of Rathaniel and Rathaniel is like a different energy uh, like SNL. It. It was important to me to like show uh, the craft. I, I like really respect the craft of, you know, stand up and like being alive and being present and like, you know, having something to say and a way to say it perspective. Um, and so like just it, it felt fun to just kind of be a firecracker on <laughs> SNL and like a more emotional piece in the special. What did, did Lorne Michaels give you any feedback after you did that appearance? Did he say to you, wow, you nailed it? Or did he did, was he did any... it in, in a Lorne way? Like Lorne is like, a, you know, storied vet who like knows how to handle <laughs> talent and talk to right. people. So uh, to me, Lorne's like way, it, the hug at the after party right before he left. He was like, you'll be back. And I was like, OK, <laughs> that was really cool. Like I, I liked it there. That was really fun. I want to if do it I, again. If, if I had said to you, "Hey, you did such a good job of the monologue. Maybe we'll we'll switch up the whole format. You could come out once a week and start the show and talk about whatever's topical and on your mind." Is that something that would be attractive to you, or is that something that would become uh, too much of a burden to come up with a five minute or ten minute piece it, at the it, front of every Saturday Night Live? It, it, it's not what I'm doing now in like stand up. Like, like what I'm doing now is me. It's just me based. I talk about me, <laughs> like working out like my personal issues or like emotional whatever, like on stage. And a lot of the topical things, like even the SNL monologue was about not talking about it. That was actually kind of conceived in anger, if I'm being honest. Like it was like the anger of 
And, and I respect it's the biggest comedy show in the world and a huge event just happened in entertainment. And of course, people were tweeting all week, like, what's SNL going to do? And like, people are really excited to hear you have a take on it. So I respected that. Like, I know where I am and like the responsibility that comes with that. But also, I felt a little anger because I just feel inundated with everyone talking about everything all the time. Right. And it's like. Right. I feel as though, like, a friend of mine said this, and it really stuck with me. The thing that I can offer are, like, long-form interior stories, right? Whatever that means. A stand-up set, just something personal, something interior. That's what I'm really obsessed with and concerned with. And so, like, I just don't have an interest in that right now, like, just to talk about the world. I have things that I care about, but, like, I I just... right. Yeah. No, because it was particularly good. You came out about uh, Will Smith and you go, you know what? It, your, your whole point of view was, damn, it happened just a, like a few days ago. But doesn't it feel like it, you know, you, know, yeah. you, you talked about the, that, that like, man, when it first came out, everyone was talking about it. And now you're sick of talking about Will Smith and the slap yeah. and Chris Rock. And it was a great observation. Did you write that all yourself or did the writers sit there and craft what you're going to say? No, that was uh, me. I, that was me with uh, some help from Bo. My friend Bo was in town and like, because uh, Burnham. Was, yeah, Bo Burnham. He's a genius. And, and it's funny to say that about it. I'm saying that because it's a public forum and I just like will proclaim that from a mountaintop <laughs> because I really right. believe it. Uh, but. If I ever heard this with him, I, he like I would just be embarrassed to hear <laughs> next to him. So your point, your point My is friend. that that your comedy, you're not really interested in sitting there and taking the topics of the day. You're you're because when I watched your special, your HBO special, mm-hmm. I said, "Fuck, he's doing the kind of stand up comedy that made me want to do stand up comedy. Like it makes me mm-hmm. want to go out on a stage mm-hmm. and just talk to an audience. It's that kind of thing. I don't." I don't necessarily like the joke and the punchline that, you know, the, the setup punchline, setup punchline. This felt um, a little more real. I, I heard a story about you, and I guess it speaks to this. Early on when you were, you know, struggling comic, you're coming up and everything. Uh, you sent a tape into the Letterman show. I guess they requested a tape, you know. Mm-hmm. They said, hey, let's mm-hmm. hear your stuff. Mm-hmm. And the Letterman people said, oh, we're going to take a pass on this because... We don't want to put you on because you're not doing set up joke, set up joke, set up joker. And that's the kind of thing we're interested. It's television. That's what people can handle. Yeah. And, 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 and instead of you kind of compromising, because when you're a young comic and you got interest from the Letterman show, which can put you on the map, instead of compromising and changing your whole act around to do set up joke, set up joke, which I'm sure you were capable of doing, you said, no, fuck that. I'm not going to take the shot on Letterman because it's not the kind of comedy I do. I think that requires a lot of balls. I really do. Well, I, it's funny because I really wanted to do Letterman. Like, you know, I, I, I was excited by it. I remember a week before that, um, I had offers for like other talk shows, like to do a set on it. And I remember just saying in my head, like, no, Letterman, I'm going to wear a blue suit. I'm going to do Letterman. I kind of had some jokes in my head that I wanted to do. I was really excited. So much so I was walking around. I was praying about it and just really, really thinking about it. I started singing Whitney Houston, saving all my love for you. <laughs> just about the show, just in my head, like, saving all my love. And so. Then later, I'm doing open mics or uh, whatever in the city. I was in the city. Uh, like I used to crash at my aunt's house in Irvington and take the PATH train in. 
I'm I'm in the city walking around. Uh, I went by Letterman's studio because like I'm kind of a visual. I walk by just to kind of dream and and go like I'm gonna do it. I swear to God, as I'm walking by, a saxophonist is outside playing "Saving All My Love for You" on the saxophone. I was like, this is fate. Like, I'm supposed to be doing the David Letterman show. I right. knew it. I knew it. We, I, I don't like sending tapes in. I think someone taped me at the improv or something sent in. They said that and it was, it was heartbreaking because, you know, I'm always interested in like, okay, you have to be yourself and you want to bring some type of urgency and something new as a performer and, and you know, to deny someone for a structural thing that like it, it just it just seemed it just seemed wrong and against uh, it, it wouldn't have been right. So I, I'm glad my first time doing stand up on American television was my own special, which I, I, I'm glad I'm glad I, I waited. But, yeah, it was a clash of what I believe to be fate and, and what turned that, out to be wrong. That first special, was that the one Spike Lee directed? Yeah. 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 Love at the store. That's why I'm wearing my hoodie today. I love that joke you do on it. Oh, Jesus. Um, you know, you, you were talking about the uh, Trayvon Martin case. And uh, you said, and it, it was a great observation. You said, you know, I walked into my building. The doorman didn't even stop me because um, I was wearing a hoodie. Because, you know, you said, I don't like. I don't like walking into my building and seeing that the doorman doesn't stop me. He should stop me wearing a hoodie, you know. <laughs> it was and 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 then I read that Spike Lee didn't want you to do that joke. Well, go, Spike well, Spike didn't want me to do a lot of things. And that that like that joke the the Trayvon of it all, like really that that joke was me really kind of taking aim at social media and what I, I felt at the time and and still feel in some ways like it's just like a pervasive culture of um outrage uh without action you know and and that's my young my childish attempt to throw stones at that uh uh idea uh me and spike had a few clashes because i was very and and i i, I get it, i was like a young abrasive comic um talking about everything but myself right like and and saying things some things i believe in some things are just kind of smoke bombs you know it's kind of a mixture uh and I'm saying all these things. Me and Spike had a creative fight. Um, it, it was a few things. He wanted me to take out a Michael Jackson, uh, joke that I, <laughs> that I had, uh, you know, because, you know, it's Spike. Spike has a lot of connections in the community. <laughs> and so like Spike, you know, was doing a Michael Jackson doc and knows the family and so didn't want that. And, you know, um, I, I'm talking about like, yeah, you know, if I, if I were one of those kids, I would have bragged about it at school the next day, like doing that type of shit. And <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Real, but, but, but a lot of that material, like it's not that Spike was, was right. Because I, I think creatively, like, it was mine and we had a little fight and the, you know, funny grown men trying to be civil text <laughs> exchange or whatever. Right. Uh, I saw him at a Knicks game years later, gave me a hug. Uh, he's also sure. like in his element there. So maybe he was just in a good mood. Uh, right. <laughs> but. Well, was it, was it, was it the kind of fighting that, you know, because to me, if you're directing someone's comedy special, Mm -hmm. uh, I think you should be vocal and you should be as helpful as you can and mm -hmm. try to present that comedy. But I think sometimes people forget how hard it is to come up with good material. Yeah. And, uh, you know, well, good material. Yeah. And and I, I'm really interested. And I think now I would 
be able to articulate to Spike. And, and it's in, in many ways why I have such a great working relationship with Bo. Um, just the importance of filming a televised special like you know that this is television this is where the majority of the audience is going to see it and like capturing it is something else like my show my live show is different from what ultimately ends up in the specials i do um uh honestly my live show is probably funnier you know like but there's certain things that i'll extract and that will do for the necessity of the the tape performance you know right. and so um I think me and Spike could have a better understanding now, you know, retroactively, if we could go back. Um, I mean, you guys really had a falling out over this special. Like well, a little words. bit more, more over like a creative cut, like, you know, like I said, like the MJ joke, stuff like that. Like, um, it, it, it wasn't, it, it, it was just a, a couple texts. It, it wasn't anything major. Um, like he sent back a cut. I got final cut, you know, mm. EP, TV rules, whatever. Um, but, you know, was he upset that you had final cut and that you changed? No, I don't think so. Did. We didn't have a conversation beyond that. Like once we kind we had that initial creative, uh, like difference, um, you know, we we just moved on and I took the edit back. Let me try to understand this because I think I, I think I agree with you here, and I've said this many times that when you work with Bo Burnham as a director, uh, you know, when he's directing your comedy specials, the difference is. You believe you should play to the camera and not the live audience when you're taping a special because ultimately you play to the bigger audience at home. And I've always said this, mm -hmm. um, that I feel whenever I'm on television, I don't give a fuck about the live audience. Mm -hmm. I never have cared about the live audience. Mm -hmm. It's such a small sampling mm -hmm. that I'm playing to people at home. Mm -hmm. Even if I was a guest on Letterman or something like that. I'm thinking, what's the guy at home doing, not yeah. what's the guy in the audience doing? Yeah, just understanding the dynamic. So it's interesting, right? Like, like, so, like I said, on SNL, I'm playing with the audience because it's live and that's the high wire act. Like, oh, will he stumble doing this live material right here, right now in this room live on television, right? So the cameras to, to me on SNL are capturing this experience in the audience. Like, I love, like, even the old SNLs, like the old, like when Don Rickles would come out and like the camera was, it was a little bit more rugged and like he would go out into the crowd and you kind of felt that, right? So like that's what that is capturing. For a comedy special, I mean, especially one like we just did, like a, a lot of it, you know, is about and kind of directed to one person. So, you know that experience is really distilled uh but the, the like you have to be capturing something what the, the original the comedy specials we know it come from the old carlin and prior days and carlin was you know a master doing like he was taping them live like that's crazy um it was these men had gone on tour these men and women had gone on tour uh, it was an experience that you couldn't see otherwise unless we brought in cameras. We'll bring in cameras. That's why they had simple names. Richard Pryor live in concert. That was the experience. Like this is something you normally wouldn't get. And now you get it. The stand up comedy and comedy in general it evolves like the art form evolves media like like it, like evolves it, it like things are a lot of things are the same. But 
now specials is something else. It, it's not, you know, like, oh my goodness, I can't see this anywhere else. Like, yeah, you can. You probably, the, the person, most comics got a YouTube channel and a podcast. Like, you, like, like, right. it's not like, so it's, it's like thinking about what's the experience we're capturing. Like, what are we giving people? Like, I want it to be resonant and I want people to be able to watch it again. You know, and yeah. I don't want my comedy special to feel like a, you had to been there. <laughs> you know, like I want it to feel right. like an alive thing that's directed for, you know, a you TV. You just movie. reminded me of something. Carlin did. He used to go out on HBO and he didn't tape it ahead of time. He'd go out yeah. and hit you with it live. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot that he did that. They were they were crazy. That's exciting. Special. It's thrill. Yeah. It's evil Knievel. It's it's like a man is yes. going to jump over buses. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, like and that. But that's that's the conceit. Like that's what we're selling. That like that's exciting. That's very very thrilling. And like, you know, I'll, I'll just be honest. A lot of it just gets so boring to me. Like like stand up and just talking about things and like feeling like a feeling like I'm doing Twitter live and capturing it in the non-specific way just didn't interest me. I, I hear you. I am so... This is why I was so excited about when I saw Rathaniel, the uh, the latest stand-up special you did. And I even hesitate to call it stand-up because I'm so bored sometimes watching stand-up. And some of it is brilliant. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. It's brilliant observation. It's just the... I don't know what it is. It's the setup, the joke, the setup, the joke. I find it fatiguing and I'm less interested in it. And my wife is never interested. And we put on your um, your show, uh, Rathaniel, and we were both like, oh, fuck, this guy's walking a high wire right now. Where's he going with this thing? And I didn't feel like I was watching a stand-up special. I felt like I was watching a guy talk about his life in a way like I hadn't seen before. It felt raw. And that's when I said, I got to have this guy on the show. Because, first of all, the, my observation is, is that when you do this thing, you're so loose. I don't feel any. I like nerves. when you say loose as a goose. Loose <laughs> as a goose. That's what you are. Like, 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 like Chappelle has that too. Like sometimes you feel yeah. like Chappelle goes up and he goes, uh, starts talking. You're not even sure he's actually ever performed this stuff before. It's almost like he's talking. Yeah, he's very jazzy time. too. Yeah. Yes, and uh, I think that's where you're at. Were you? Oh, was there a learning curve for you with stand up? Were you a guy who, from the? I know you went out to you. You grew up in North Carolina. You go out to L.A. to try to be a stand up comic. First time you go on stage, you'd never even done it before. Okay, so I like my. I hadn't done it before. I decided to move to L.A. I had a friend Ashley who encouraged me to do stand up. She told me the way I thought was specific to that, and that I should try it. I'm competitive. I wanted to, if I was going to do it, I was like, let's like do it. I like jumping all the way in, you know, like, and right. so like I moved to LA and my first time up was at the comedy store. I went up first at the open mic on Sunday. Um, I got to LA on a Friday. I went up first on a Sunday. How do you even get that slot? Like, I mean, so, isn't that hard to get? So, um, um, there, I sign up for just the list. I just like sign up on, like, they bring out the list. So, <laughs> I don't know if they still do it like this, but it was potluck. It used to be on Sundays and Mondays at the comedy store on Sunset. And you would get there early, sign up. They would go see whose names were available, compose a list, one through 15, I want to say. 
and like the people they didn't know or whatever were like higher up on the list because audience members slowly trickled in it was free until like nine when like the paid performers came so like <laughs> you would go up at the open mic that rolled into the show and like it started at seven and like the first performer would have like zero audience members and like the 15th might have like 10 or if you're lucky like 15 people start to come in because it's getting closer to showtime so i went up first <laughs> It's an empty room, nothing but the other comics that signed up. They're way in the back. Uh, it's a huge window. And I did my first special in that room just because it's a hard beast to conquer. When you go up, it's in the summertime. It's a window. The sun's out. It's glaring. I can't even see. They're, they're lit. I can't even see anything in the room. <laughs> they make it as hard as possible. They make it impossible. Right. I go up. I do some bit that I made up about cell phones causing cancer and me calling customer service to complain about it and yada 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 i said nigga like 47 times in two minutes i got off stage it was a mess it was horrible like i was like talking so fast uh uh, my friend jamar actually told me like you gotta slow down a little bit (laughs) did Uh, you get any laughs no laughs, no laughs. There was Nothing. no one in the room to laugh, in fairness, but even the ghosts were like, eh, and they, they weren't having it. Uh, and you're relying on the, uh, the, the N-word because you think, well, well at least I get a laugh with that. It's like yeah. a rapper grabbing his deck, like, I got nothing right. else, you know. <laughs> like, yeah. And, yeah. and so, and so, I do that, it's rushed, that's on a Sunday. By that Tuesday, yeah. I did the improv open mic. I remember, like, just like sitting in the back i went up later and on the list that was just at random um wrote out a set like just wrote it out like wrote out the whole thing during the open mic like i was just like in my head just like writing out a set in the back of the room going up sitting down performing it and essentially like it worked <laughs> like it like that like what i did that day worked and kind of carried me through my first special probably like i like it, it, i have a really quick learning curve my first something is tremendously different than my second like my first time doing stand-up was one of the worst bombs and then i was like the best at that open mic you know the uh-huh. the second time and, and and it's i have a really quick like the pilot of my show is so wildly different than the second episode, you know, like, like it's, it's always tremendously different. Um, uh, and so then very quickly, I just kind of, uh, you know, kind of made a name for myself in the scene in LA and made it to like 15 on the list at the open mic at the store, which is, you know, point of pride. Yeah. They used to turn the lights out for me, had a nickname. It was the future. (laughs) <laughs> okay, I got to stop bragging about myself, but that was a fun time. Right. That was a really right. fun time. Well, no, no, it's obvious because you have, do you think you have a natural ability as a stand-up comic that, is it something that, like, the average person, if they worked hard enough, could really learn to do and really create material, or is it really you have to have some kind of gift? Because I I think, like, the, the just your demeanor on stage would be something that either you're born with or you're not, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think it just, I think what's probably most important is a love of performance, you know, a love of what we do and, and, and what, you know, and, and, and trying to make something specific and seeing potential, all those things. It, it just comes from love. So like, uh, yeah, I, I think I have like an obsession with 
like even microphones my whole life i've been obsessed with microphones i like i was yeah. a kid i used to request them for christmas that was like the only thing on my list like every year like just like some type of microphone a karaoke machine or one of those yeah. little handheld battery operated mics or even just like recording devices like radios or like the um home alone like little talk boy like i i, I remember getting one of those one year like i, yeah. I when i was in church we, we went to church every sunday my mom was an usher and at the end of church service when like it was clearing out and my mom would help clean up the church she would like as a kid i would ask her to hold me up to the microphones in the pulpit just so i could hear the sound of <laughs> like my voice Your coming voice. through the speakers i've just been just infatuated just enamored with with microphones and 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 I, I i've i was like one of those kids who like i had a fifth grade teacher miss van meter who i, I produced a, a morning talk show every morning in, in fifth grade they had the closed circuit tv uh right. in the school and like it used to rotate classes but miss van meter saw some i used to write poetry and i was like one of those kids and she saw something in me and told me like no we're going to take over this morning show you're going to be the producer uh you'll cast it you'll get the i hired britney branch to do the weather and shantakia cohen was my co-anchor i wrote a script right. every day she gave me time like a lot of uh like like half an hour for me to go write a script like every day she took it home and typed it because i didn't have a computer brought it back in the mornings we went over it we chose the theme music like really produced the show more every morning like i was doing this in the fifth grade so like i, I have a real love for it like i i it's I couldn't see myself doing anything else. Like I, I didn't go to college. I, it was just all, <laughs> I, I don't know what else I would have done. So like, that's just how I feel about it. it it's, it's, it's isn't just it a life, great? a lifetime of it. Isn't it great when you have a teacher like that, who actually sees something in you and then gets you somehow writing and performing and uh, doing, doing things like that. That's so rare. I, and she I, did it. I'm, I'm from the hood. Like I, I'm from like, like by this time, like in fifth grade, like my brother's best friend is in jail by now for murder by like, like it's it's just like, I don't know what my future is. Like my family is like trying to make ends meet, whatever, whatever. It's a, it's a lot of the same story. She came in, it was kind of dangerous mindsy if I'm being honest, <laughs> like it was kind of like Michelle Pfeiffer leather jacket, like no, like she really nurtured something that like I, I didn't know this industry was possible in that way. I'd never seen anybody from where I'm from do it in in that way. So it was. That's why this is such an unusual story. Um, I came from a very shitty neighborhood, mm -hmm. very poor neighborhood. Nobody believed that anybody could do anything. There was no hope. So for a teacher to look at you and say, you have some hope here. You know, you have a talent. I'm going to develop this with you. I'm going to give you a little show. To yeah. Do. Yeah. Most teachers would have said, what the fuck's the difference? The kid's going nowhere. He's going to end up in jail. And why do I give a shit? You know, I'm just going to try and get through the day. Yeah. Every yeah. Once in a while, there's somebody who gives a shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's like paint by numbers versus passion. But that's like what we're saying. Like the same rule applies for stand up. Right. Like, like. Or, or any art form, like just like you can't teach someone to care. I think that's the thing that you can't learn. Like, look, natural talent and voice and demeanor and whatever, like aside, whatever a person may have, like you, you have to care. Like you have right. to like, 
love it. I don't want to say the same thing over and over, but it, it's so important. And she cared about us. Like, like she really cared about like, as cliche as it sounds, making a difference, you know, like even yeah. writing poetry saying what I think matters and like, she took me to my first like nice restaurant in town. Like she took me to my first show. My she took me to see Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Like we snuck out of school early. Like she she signed us out. Like like I pretended to sign out, and then she said she had like a dentist appointment and left. And we met in a parking lot. And she like this is fifth grade. Like the, the, this woman really, really, really like helped me. <laughs> Did you did you ever get to uh, talk to her after your success or after um, a comedy special comes out or you had the the sitcom on NBC? So, somewhat in, in the earlier days, I haven't talked to her recently. Um, uh, she sent me a book, actually, just this collection of photos from the from fifth grade, just like a, a picture of like the script, one of the scripts <laughs> that I wrote. And like <laughs> I was on the news for uh, uh, writing a poem for Martin Luther King. She like called Fox News, <laughs> like the local news station, Fox 8. Mm. And uh, uh, yeah, yeah, like she, she I, I haven't talked to her in a while, but I, I love her. I, I, I love her a lot. Yeah, that, that that's amazing to me because I know in my neighborhood nobody believed anybody was going anywhere. Everybody was in jail and everybody was uh it was just shit. It was just no one no one believed that there could be a way out. You can't you you can't make like you can't see it. Like and, and I, honestly, the good thing about the internet because so much bad is said about it is it it does give kids a window. Like you have to Obviously, you have to exercise a lot of caution and what's in that went, but to at least see and experience things because like that, that was important for me too. It allowed me to read, uh, allowed me to like explore worlds and just stay up on, you know, yeah. Wikipedia or whatever, like just like going down rabbit holes and seeing a window outside of my world. Right. And if you're from that environment, like you, you need that, like you need some type of window out. That's why I admired the special so much. This is where I first heard of you was, you know, I guess I'm late to the game, but uh, Rathaniel, because I think particularly the neighborhood you came from, and it sounds like it's similar to the one I grew up in, mm -hmm. that, uh, and, and you make so many great comments too in your stand up. Um, you were saying about how uh, this is such a great joke. You go, yeah, my old neighborhood, everyone always says, uh, they, and I'm butchering your joke, but uh, everyone always says I should, um, Give back to the community, support the community, and then you make the point of saying, "What? what why do? Why do they want me to give back? Oh, that community oh, com gave me nothing." Oh, the <laughs> community know? stole my bike. Was yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, community yeah, yeah, stole yeah. my bike. Yeah, my no, that, no, that's <laughs> it's so that's such a great joke. No, it's so funny. I, I it, it's funny like hearing old material now because like I, I can't help but like refilter through now. Like I, my 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 if I. My perspective, even on responsibility, has changed now. Right. It's just fun not to like drown a joke and like, well, this is how I feel now. But I'm, I'm saying that like, what's exciting about stand up to me is that a person can evolve. It doesn't happen a lot, but you can evolve, right? Like Absolutely. Richard Pryor's change, like, like, like into like really inward, like in, in like going from. The, the external world into interior world, you know, Louis is what caused a, a huge change in, in, in his comedy, like going from like just joke, joke, joke to inviting, talking about his, his ex-wife and his daughters, you know, like, yep. like that, that change into the, 
the personal is so like when I hear a lot of like my old jokes, it's just funny because I'm like, man, I was really I, I think a lot of it was like smoke bombs because I was gay. And I was like, let's talk about everything else. <laughs> like, yeah. like, let's do everything else. Well, you're right about smoke bombs. I think about my career and it was the same thing. I didn't think about whether I really believed in something or not. Mm-hmm. If I had a funny thought, I would do it on the air mm-hmm. and I didn't give a fuck. You know, in terms of thinking it through. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. I've totally changed my approach on that. But but the world changes. Like the thing, the thing is like, like comedy, comedy came from vaudeville, like, like evolves from vaudeville and the cat skills. And like the people used to be on vacation and like rotating audiences. It was like East Coast Vegas. Like, like it, it was like developed differently. And like the world changes around you and what's important changes what 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 you should talk about and passion changes like you just have to be aware of that you know like like a a sensitive artist i think would be aware of those changes and adapt accordingly when you when you made the decision which was a brilliant fucking decision to come out come out of the closet uh in a in a stand-up special Mm -hmm. i'm so curious about it because uh it's a brilliant idea and (laughs) And you can only do it once, really. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and and and, you, and and like George Carlin, you're going. I can only do this once, so I'm going to do it in front of a live audience, and I'm going to film it. And if this fucks up, it's just going to be a total waste of coming out. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. like it's like um, when you decide to do that, you couldn't go somewhere and prepare that special, right? That was you. You, I love you. Walk in, you sit down, and you start talking to the audience. And you encourage the audience to even speak up during your special. Everything mm. about it to me was like watching this intimate moment that I almost shouldn't even be watching. Like, I can't believe you allowed me to see this. Well, and that- the audience is with you and it's fucking dynamic. So, so how does this, how do you prepare for something like this? Or did you just have it all in your head and said, I'm going to go with it? Um, I, that special was about me saying the things I was scared to say. Uh, it's all things that secrets, secrets, but but more importantly, things that have personal consequence like that. That's what I'm saying about like the change of like Richard or Louie or whatever, like in comedy. Like m- my change is that these things in my life, like these are still issues like. I have issues with my family, with my parents, like things that, like are going on in part because of it and their reaction or lack thereof. And like, like I'm, I'm talking about me in a real way and like who I, things that I, I normally, I didn't share. I didn't share my whole career. I hid from, I was like, you know, on a sitcom with a girlfriend, like, like I was like, like <laughs> afraid of a lot of these things. So the the whole special is about that. Like the whole, you know, the intention for the intro, you know, is that it it's about me coming to the stage and bringing this to the stage. And it's about me fi- like stepping into a light and being truthful and being honest in my work. Don't you think for you coming out uh, as gay in front of an audience had to be particularly hard because of your religious background your mom's very religious like you said you used to go to church all the time yeah and and then you point out like all the hypocrisy in it and all that but don't you think just at the end of it it's the religious thing like i'm sure 
it just kills you that I say that religion. I say me and my mom have a god sized wall between us. You know that yeah. that that's the the impossible thing. You know to navigate. And do you feel like you're banging your head against the wall because you God's supposed to be about accepting everyone and loving everyone and and, and acceptance and not all this judgment and and here it is the thing that's keeping you in the closet. Yeah. Yeah. This God thing. Yeah. Yeah. And causing self hate, (laughs) you know, like, and and that's like that, that's what was really destructive. And, and it's been very, very difficult. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, trust fall into a new interpretation of religion. Right. Because I do think it has value. Like I haven't completely let go of it and I'm trying to like, you know, reinterpret it for me. And I've been trying to, get my mother to have some type of openness to her interpretation of it. And, and, and it's hard. It's a tricky thing because people, my mother, not just people, my mother, uh, holds on to religion because it's got her through really rough times in her life. My mother grew up, my mom's from the projects and, you know, grew up with no money and, 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 and not, didn't make it very far from, the projects to the first house to the house that she got married in and like like she needed god for every step of her life and she didn't account for a gay son she doesn't really know what to do with it i can feel her being lost i want to work with her um but talking to her and not acknowledging that part of myself causes a reverberating effect of self-hate that I can't afford right now. So right. I, I, I added distance. I think it's important. Um, but, well, but let me ask you about that. You added distance. In other words, the woman, this woman who you were so close to, me and my mom used to talk to. every day. She used to, you know, uh, sing like, Aretha say a little prayer before shows. If she knows doing a show, she would just sing, <laughs> just say a little prayer for you, like kind of right. songs. Yeah. Um, yeah, we talked every day, every day, and we and, and we don't um anymore because I don't want the conversation to be fake. I don't want to have. I'm also trying to eliminate that from my life as I try and eliminate it from my work and just be truthful. Um, well, and, you're, you're protecting yourself. Because that conversation, if your mother's going to lay more hate on you, you know, or 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 provoke that self hate, mm-hmm. you got to protect yourself. You can't take you can't take a beating every day. No, you know, no, it's, you can't. It's no, 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 no. It's uh, it's hard. It's hard. But what the beating is internal. Like the 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 hell is like shutting down and knowing I can't talk about being gay. Not even that I want to share anything so explicit with her. It's it's just that it's off the table. You know, if any part of you were unacknowledged, if someone if if someone in conversation just refused to acknowledge you have a show, that would be a little weird. Right. Like it's just for some yeah. reason you got to talk around it like everything. You can't say it. It's just it, it. it's hard not to be yourself, especially with someone you love so much. The part of your history that drives me crazy. Um, and this drives me crazy about your mom. You know, and you talk about it in your special, your father was cheating on your mother in such a way where he even had other children with other people. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, when you talk about that, you were the one who confronted your father eventually about all this. 
And here's the part that drives me nuts. Your mother, once she learns that your father is cheating and he has other children, all this horrible stuff. The next morning, she not only forgives him, but makes him breakfast. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And everything's cool and everything's accepted. Yeah. And the hypocrisy there is she can accept the cheating husband and the, the husband who has children with another woman or maybe other women. Mm -hmm. And and you being gay has to be a big problem. And it drive it would drive me insane. I would have to say to my mother, although I don't have the bravery that you do, I, I, I don't know if I could say to my mother, Mom, you're a fucking hypocrite. You, I, you accept dad's bullshit and you can't accept my life as who i am yeah it's a little no, like the thing about being gay is that like it's such an easy thing to religion like point to like a, a line in religious text and and exile it and just write it off obviously religious text is complicated and like a, a lot of that is a social interpretation the same way that uh, and i love like i was a kid in church every wednesday arguing with the pastor over and, and women of the church like bringing up things like what well, says you're supposed to wear head coverings and all of the women here don't even have like, like i see your hair like so you're going to hell <laughs> you know like right. like like it, it's just me like trying to go like well look at you and and so it's a, a, the struggle of my life has been to get my mom to be open to change and and realize that so much of the Bible is interpretation. And we do kind of pick and choose and 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 ex trying to explain the concept of what societal and and you have to accept that for you. You can't change someone's heart or someone's religion. So like so like I, I'm also cautious and respectful, again, of it being a the the thing that's held her together but i i would like for her to have some type of openness and it's hard you want me to read you the tech there's a, a exchange from my dad uh my dad hit me uh yesterday and he was like uh so he's been he's been he texted me after the special it was very sweet um uh he apologized for any hurt and chaos that he caused, which look, the thing is like not to be dismissive of it, but like all of this stuff about my father's infidelity, it already been talked about. I explored it in these two documentaries, uh, and, and like talked about it publicly. And, uh, uh, and so that wasn't like new news. The thing that I would like to have been acknowledged was that I'm gay and like for my family, that that's right. for them. That's what I wanted them to acknowledge, but whatever my dad is now, like playing uh referee between me and my mom because we haven't been speaking so he sent me a text uh just saying just checking in on you are you okay love you uh and then i said i'm okay uh, i've been doing shows uh started playing wwe 2k me and my dad watched uh wrestling together as a kid right. uh and i was like i thought of you love you too oh uh, and i was like kind of like coyly inviting him to like play the game with me or whatever like just trying to reach out uh uh he said, I don't have the WWE, but if you want to play Madden sometime, let me know. Glad you're doing okay. I'm like, nigga, meet me halfway, bro. Like, where are you? <laughs> I don't want to play Madden. I want to play wrestling. Anyway. <laughs> uh, anyway, he said, your mom called the other day. So take, take some time to call her. She loves you and she misses her baby boy. Take care. All right. And what I wrote back kind of explains where, where I am. I said, I know. I love her too. 
But her baby boy is now a big gay man. And I think we need some time to come to terms with that. And that's where we are. Wow. You know, I admire your father, at least for reaching out and being there for you, you know, and at least saying, hey, hi, how you doing? But at the same point, you know, what what is the fantasy? What do you want to hear your mother say? Do you want her to, to pick up? In my mind, forget you calling her. I want to see her call you. This is my fantasy mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. Son, I'm wrong. I've been indoctrinated by the church. <laughs> this is my this is my entire uh, upbringing. But I thought about it. And I love you. Mm-hmm. And I love that you're gay. Mm-hmm. And I want you to celebrate that with me. I want to meet your boyfriend or whoever you're seeing. And I want you to feel not like an outsider, but in this family, feel like an insider. I, I That's beautiful. I, I would love that. I would cry Makes for me want hours to cry. and hours. <laughs> yeah, like that. That'd be very beautiful. I, 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 I don't expect that much. Like it's, I, I, I don't expect a complete 180 of, of her like belief system. Right. Or, or even that much of an opening. I, I, I think what I want from her is at least the acknowledgement, like, like kind of a consistent acknowledgement. Now it feels off the table. She doesn't want to talk. She called me a week after the special and talked about everything, but that, like the, the thing that hurts me is the distance because I'm gay and, and, and her belief won't allow her to accept that. And she wouldn't even acknowledge it on the call. So that's the part that hurts my feelings, you know, to be honest. Like that's the part that like destroys me is that lack of acknowledgement. So even if it's, uh, the pain of working through, even if she would allow me into, to that process, like the process of even, questioning why i want her to change that would be enough because i think the the thing is i I didn't come out until later in life and one of my biggest regrets is that like my grandma died without knowing because she also like my mom is someone who grew up religious and instilled it in my mom and and she didn't know any gay people because no right. one in her life was me was brave enough <laughs> to come out. Like I don't know if anyone else in my family is or was or whatever. Um, and she has a thought of gay people that's rooted in not knowing. She she doesn't she didn't think she knew any. She didn't realize her favorite grandson was good. She didn't realize the grandson that paid for her bathtub refitting, <laughs> you know, right. like it, it was gay. Like she, I sent her flowers and she loved me and, and, and she didn't know. My mom knows, but what she does with that information is, you know, the struggle. The self-loathing is the worst because you feel like an outsider. Mm-hmm. No one wants to be an outsider. You want to be accepted. Yeah, and no I can't imagine. Othered. No, I I always uh, had a, a lot of self-loathing about being a Jew because I didn't grow up in those neighborhoods, and I was I took a lot of shit for it, and I was like, well, I don't even want, I don't know that I want to be this. Yeah, like, no, you run, you know. Yeah, yeah, you run this. from it. You run from it. I think even my yeah. whole career, like I feel like th- this is a new 
place that I'm at because like my whole career, I think I was trying to prove things as a straight man. (laughs) You know, like I was like going through trying to do the checklist because I do know coming out in Hollywood is a little different than what it was at the time of Ellen, you know, and, and definitely before that. And so I, I, I needed to prove that I was a man that could do it that way and be the comic that whatever. And I was like being something else and being someone else, like performing who I was because of that. Like there, it was a lot of self hate, a lot of fear. It must have been driving you insane. Yeah. I didn't really, I don't think I realized it was. I don't think I real, I, I wouldn't acknowledge the anxiety. I wouldn't acknowledge the sadness. I leaned on religion. I leaned on God in, in that way as a mask. Uh, and and that's not the dynamic version of God, but uh, well, can you can you imagine how brave this Ellen DeGeneres was? Like she had a major career going, she's got a sitcom going, the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. now, yeah, now, I respect that. I respect the 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 truth of now in like Hollywood. Like now, like yeah, by coming out with I I felt I was afraid of getting that. I, I've always also rebelled against the, a lot of things. I was I wanted to prove myself, you know, and so. I, I didn't want to come out because I was afraid that I'd get handed something or like, oh, that's what they want me to be or whatever bullshit I concocted in my head. Yeah. But and also was, then you, then it's also like, oh, there's that gay comedian, you know, yeah, like, yeah. like, like that's, that's what defines you. And yeah. you're, you're, you're so much more than that. Yeah. You know? you, yeah. Yeah. You just want to be seen and acknowledged, you know, I guess it's the thing we all ask for. I know you said that uh, you said I could have convinced myself to be straight. I could have convinced myself to marry a woman. Yeah, I could have stayed in, I I mean, I definitely, if I stayed in North Carolina, I I don't see any, I would have been at my mom's house every Sunday, you know, and, and with your wife, with my wife, with my wife, a couple kids running around. Think about how, this is what, this is why I'm so proud of what you did in this special, because I'm so happy you did it. What people don't understand, you living a life in North Carolina with your wife, you're ruining your life. You're ruining your wife's You're involving life. other people. That, that's the problem yes. with lies. The problem with lies is that you involve everybody else in like, in like, even in performance. Like that, that's why I only want to talk about me and I only want to tell the truth because like you, you start involved, like, like you can't drag other people into your bullshit. It's so, it's wrong <laughs> it's just right. wrong to do like i can't think of a better way of saying it it's wrong like and and i was doing that and and i i apologize for that like yeah well, well that's what these religious people don't understand they're shaming gay people into living a life of a lie and then getting them to marry other people mm. ruining their lives mm. and who the hell i mean who wants it I don't want for my daughter to marry a man who doesn't want to be with a woman. Yeah. And, and I don't want my son who, who, who could be gay to put himself in, into a, a life of misery like that over who he loves. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's why the special is so fucking great. And, um, and the, and the audience questions and, uh, you know, you'd think, Hey, coming out is no big deal anymore. It was a big deal and making it a, making it a special. Well, it was HBO. for me. You know, you know what I mean? Like that. I can only, uh, that's what I'm saying. It's personal. It was for me. It, it like, you know, huge. yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I hope, and it's for the hope that if they're, and I know this sounds cliche, but that's what I was saying about like, I'm learning responsibility now, I think and work because I, I do want to be the person that I wish I had. You, you know, I, I mm. do, I would love to 
you know, I, I said to Frank Ocean once, it's crazy that there was no Frank Ocean. You didn't have a Frank Ocean growing up to see who that, you know, it's just an idea, you know? So uh, like, I, 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 I think that's important. I'm, I'm, you know, trying to be an adult, actually grow up and not be so childish and, and like take some responsibility. I could imagine a kid watching this special who's gay or who knows what, mm-hmm. but uh, sees this and then says, shit, I can do this too. I could actually, I could see you inspiring a lot of people with this because you do it with humor and uh, it's an incredible presentation. What, how is, um, how did, when you got asked to be on Saturday Night Live, was it because of that special? Had Lorne Michaels seen the special and yeah. said, this guy's important? Was that something? Lorne and the record? team and, and I, like, I, you know, and and che and like they 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 had seen it they they come out to um i was doing some shows at the city winery uh which sometimes i like to pop it they have a small room upstairs that's so fun to do it's so intimate um why is that fun because the smaller the room it's small as intimate like now it it, because it's so conversation it feels good to like you know see a couple faces and like actually try and establish a connection and like uh in performance but what's really changed to me as a performer is like i accept my need for the audience i used to have a really contentious relationship with the audience it was very like and 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 comedy you have to be careful doing like marathon shows and stuff because like if you're competitive like me and you like 10 comics went up before you and another nine are going up later like you're like trying to stand out and you're angry at the audience for laughing at the last guy and the thing it's a whole sick game and and so now i like i have no openers and it's just me and it's like it's really about my excitement to share something with a crowd and my gratitude that they're there and listening like i'm i'm thankful i never heard another comic admit to that and i'm so glad you just did it's like yeah I hate you, audience. You just laughed at somebody else. That's how I felt about radio. I hated yeah. anyone who didn't listen to me. I was like, that's impossible. Yeah, how yeah. Could you ego. find someone better than me? It's ego. It's and, ego. That, and that's and that's exciting. I think it helps, especially in your youth. And, and sometimes, and you do, also you need it. It's a life jacket for your self-esteem. You know, when right. you're like, you're young and hungry and, you know, and it's all like, even, it's like a sign that like, uh, uh, if comics are talking shit about you, it's like a great sign. <laughs> right. Yeah, what a horrible business. Yeah, yeah, it's unfortunate, yeah. but it's like, okay, cool, cool, yeah. cool, cool. Like, I've only heard them talk shit about really successful comedians. <laughs> I have seen comedians who have become successful and they can't deal with it because they hate the idea that the other comedians are bad-mouthing them. Yeah. And they, and they literally sabotage their own success. Yeah, yeah, you could do that. You get in your head. Ego is self-destructive in that way. And, and so... I, I like being alone in a room. The, it's, we choose the blue note for its intimacy, and like so. I like City Winer. I was at Union Hall. I like these like small room Largo in L.A. Like these rooms that are like incredibly intimate and feel airtight, and just like just a play. Because I, I really it, it does take a lot. Like like it's like trying to be truthful is the high wire act for me, and yeah, <laughs> like it, it feels better in certain spaces. Yeah, wow. I, um, you know, another interesting thing to me, when you got your sitcom on uh, NBC, mm-hmm. uh, you talked about that uh, Bill Cosby was unbelievable to you. Like, really yeah. a good dude. Like, yeah. like he said, hey, you got a sitcom. Come to my home. I want to talk to you about it. He used to I'll call me. You know. He would call me and pitch ideas. 
Really? Like, like he would call me and like pitch. Up. I, <laughs> like, I, I said my, the sick comic joke was like, I should just put like story by Bill Cosby on one of these episodes. Like, I didn't take any of his ideas, but it was just be hilarious. Right. Just be like, well, hilarious to me. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, um, yeah, he used to call me and pitch ideas. And then I did the show about, uh, the episode about him. He was just like, stop. Which is good. I don't need that call log. <laughs> right. No, really you, you did a show where you said the, the, the theme of the show was, is it okay to laugh at Bill Cosby? Yeah. Uh, yeah. In light of everything that happened with him. Yeah. And, and, and your point of view was, well, art always triumphs over, um, over, over whatever horrible thing he did. Like you could still laugh at the, com- the comedy, even though the comedian is yeah. less than admirable. I, I I look, and this might be a, a perspective rooted in the hood. First, I should start by saying the obvious that, uh, you know, what Bill Cosby did is horrible. It's like disgusting and wrong. And right. like we, we get that. Right. Um, I, I do think, though, that like, you know, I render into the justice system. What is the justice systems? And like understand that the court of public opinion has no jail. Right. So, Bill Cosby went to jail, went to jail, jail, right? And so, like, there it is. Harvey Weinstein went to jail. Right. <laughs> you know, like, like, <laughs> like, <laughs> real yeah. jail. Like, not like, like, I'm mad at you. Like, like. Not country n- club jail. Yeah, yeah. Metal right. plates <laughs> for food. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> uh, and, and so, you know, the Cosby show is still a well acted well performed show like like i i i just want us to be able to have a dis, uh, an adult uh, uh, argument uh, uh, or a discussion about it right where where it's like look yeah that is wrong and this show is good and felicia shad's a good actress or whatever but right. like you know you can see those two things i i can separate those two things like kanye you know putting a maga hat on like a lot of people draw a line in the sand and go like we put the hat on or whatever but i'm like i don't I, I kind of take Malcolm X's view of like, I think it's silly for entertainers to have any like strong political stance anyway. You know what I mean? Like, 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 why are we listening to entertainers about like, you know what I mean? Like, like policy, yeah. like that's silly, <laughs> like that, that's very silly. So like, I think those two, the, the, the world of that, like me needing them to be something in order for me to enjoy their work. I, I I just don't have that. Maybe that's the result of a cheating father, right? Who like I knew about and I was still happy he came home. And maybe it's like me. I had to learn as a coping mechanism, learn to separate parts of people. But like, but I do think art and who you are should be exclusive. And I think your responsibility as an artist is to articulate that. But if I'm being honest, not to go now, I'm sorry if I'm going on a tangent, but I think that's like the really the issue with Louis now is that he invited us into his personal life and now we shut that part of it out in his act you invited us into something and and i told him i was like i don't hear anything else you say now and so you contend with that in a real way like right. and, and like we know a thing about you and that it's the elephant in the room and like yeah no man like 30 seconds on that won't suffice like and all, but i get it all these men are scared like these men are like terrified do you talk to louis at all yeah, yeah, we talk, we talk, um, uh, here and there, not, not often. It's probably been like a year. Uh, right. and, and, you know, he's made incredible work. And, and I think, you know, 
Now it just has a shadow over it. You know, you're so right. But be, but because him. of him, I'm saying because of him, not that Louis has been canceled. That's what I'm saying about like the court of public opinion has no jail. Like like he won a Grammy. Like it, like it's not like he he's been canceled. What what the reason it seems to exist out of sight and out of mind now is because I don't think he's contending with the elephant in the room. And until he you're does so that, right. it just it just exists. You're right. Over if there. he if he goes on stage. And now does 15 minutes mm-hmm. on jerking off in front of a chick and uh, whatever the hell else he's accused of. Yeah. It, it somehow answers the question because he is a guy who talks about everything in his life. In the same respect, when you, you know, you were talking about Will Smith and Chris Rock, don't you think Chris Rock at some point in order now, unfortunately now it's, it's gonna, it's gonna be, it's nothing he asked for. Yeah, no, that's what's unfortunate. Like Chris didn't. Right. Didn't do, and now Chris, this is what uh, I think why Jim Carrey said he should sue uh, Will Smith for $200 million because every time Chris Rock steps on stage now, it's the white elephant in the room. Well, I think Chris is smart enough to ar- articulate how he feels about what happened right like and yep. and, and i i think in a way that is satisfying because i do think if the public like if if things are talked about and acknowledged it's like my mom me and my mom being we probably one conversation away from me being okay right. <laughs> you know like that's right. what's unfortunate right. it's the hardest conversation in the world but like it's like it's it is acknowledgement is satisfying right it like and especially in art and so like i think if chris gets on stage and he I think he's capable of doing it. I think Louis capable of doing it. I think yep. Louis capable of doing it too. You know, like I think I think all, Chappelle, he's all these guys are capable of articulating the the yeah. the root of the controversy. But Chris is unfortunate because he did, he was just you know telling he was a bystander. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's got to deal with it now. That's the problem. Yeah, and yeah. Chris has such a swagger on stage. And I think you probably saw this when you were pretending to be straight. Mm-hmm. You present yourself a certain way. There's a certain swagger you develop on stage, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And then you come out and now you're you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't it's sitting like, like yeah. this a few years ago. No, I'm just, <laughs> I was right. self-conscious about being, I, I told, I told a friend, uh, were you, com- you were self-conscious about crossing your legs? Well, I told a friend since coming out, I take better pictures because now I'm not worried about looking gay. <laughs> <laughs> Like before, like the whole time I was like, was I not smiling? Cause I thought smiling was gay. <laughs> like that's so, you know, just, you know. <laughs> right. It, you're rethinking everything. All of it. All of it. Yeah. Oh, it must be so great. It must be so freeing. Like not to deal with any of that shit anymore. Um, really, I, I got my shoes off. I'm much happier. Yeah. You got, I hear you. you got nice clean carpet here. I like it here. You're like a bird in a cage who just the cage door just got opened and now all of a sudden you're flying like a in the you know into the sky. I mean, I I can sense that that, that, that. that special. It's beautiful. I, I want to get a sweater embroidered with just animals. Howard's compared me to just a goose <laughs> and a bird. <laughs> you're a bird. What a can bird. I tell yeah, you? Just, yeah, yeah. No, what I appreciate about, you know, that. I feel very free. This father of yours is some character too. When I when I read about him. The the uh, you know and and of course you tell the story so brilliantly but like your your, your father the idea that you caught him cheating with mm-hmm. a woman who mm-hmm. was uh, 
um, was the aunt of a, of a best friend of yours. Well, that's a different woman. Like, he has children by a couple of other women, and that was just another woman that he was, like, you know, seeing. But the story is so unbelievable that when your friend walked into his aunt's house and he sees your dad sitting there, yeah. and he says, uh, you know... Mr. Carmichael, uh, I know it's you. And he goes, I'm not, I'm not Mr. Carmichael. I'm, uh, <laughs> they, they go, well, yeah. and then he starts squinting his eyes to look trying like to, somebody else. Trying, <laughs> trying to he, make his face look different and like ran out of the house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wild, wild. I was yeah. like, that's what my dad does under pressure. <laughs> <laughs> well, it always reminded me of, uh, the Dennis Rodman story. I had him on the show. He, he was married to Carmen Electra at the time. Mm-hmm. The Vegas and, uh, story. I'm sorry, not to get ahead of you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Carmen Electra. There, there was a woman in his bed, and he told Carmen Electra she dropped out of the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> Your dad said he was Jerry Rice. He said he right? was Jerry Rice, which is yeah. so wild. It's so so wild. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I like your mom's worried about you being gay. I mean, I. I an honest gay man would, I would seem, would be more religious. There's a lot. Who, there's a lot that went on in my neighborhood that people seem to be real cool with. with <laughs> you're right. You know, you suck yeah. one dick, Howard, and it's all over. Unbelievable. <laughs> you you said a funny thing too. You said when people started applauding you that you were now out of the closet and you were getting you go like you know I don't feel like you should be applauding me. What did yeah. I do? Just suck some Colombian guy's dick? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Uh, now, now I'm a hero. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, it's so, yeah. No, no. I, I <laughs> <laughs> the ego just wants to rebel. You know. Oh, it's such a terrific special, and uh, thank you, thank you. Like seriously, thank you for the pat. Like, like, like it, it means a lot. It, it, it's really. I was excited to talk to you about it. No, it's true art, and I, and I, you know, I found myself jealous. I was watching, and I go, "Oh my god, this this guy's got it down." I mean, I was like, "That's how you do it. That's how you sit on a stool and you talk to an audience live." I've never been comfortable in front of live audiences. I've done it. Yeah, uh, I, I only like being on a microphone in a studio by myself. You know, and uh, no, this is very. When I picture, when I think of you, I think of like very. Have you seen the King of Marvin Gardens? No, uh, the intro of it. Just watch the intro. It's it's beautiful. Jack Nicholson silhouetted and like just alone in a room. You get to like I, I I'm envious of like people like my friends who are like recording artists because there's something beautiful about that intimacy. Like it, it does allow for a lot of truth. It's just like you and that mic's right there and you're alone and it's you're not. That, that's why I'm saying it's hard. It, it is difficult to go be truthful in front of people, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. so like, oh, yeah. it's a high, so, so it, it uh, you know, music and, and art forms that allow for you to just like be honest is, is were you really shocked cool. when you went up on stage and you start doing this special because you can't really prepare for the special. You're coming mm-hmm. out of the class. Weren't you shocked at how wonderful the audience was and accepting of you i mean it had to in real time be blowing your mind it felt really good it felt really good it was a really beautiful sense of community it was um and 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 it was people that felt familiar it was a lot of black people that even felt familiar to me that it it did start feeling like family at at a couple of the shows like it felt I, I needed it. I actually did need it. Everything w- was very true. I needed that in that moment. And, and I appreciate that. Like, cause it's good to know. It's good to know that it's okay. You know? Yeah. I mean, did you, did you ever, um, now that you're feeling comfortable in your own skin, did you ever go to a psychiatrist at all to try to, um, a, 
well, well, I know you struggled for years when you were young and you wanted to be straight. Did you ever go to a psychiatrist and say, hey, cure, you know, quote unquote, cure me, make me straight? Or did you ever go to just try to accept your own, you know, no, you know, what? Uh, uh, seeing a psychiatrist would have been involving too many people in my secret. <laughs> like, like right. the only people who knew were me and the anonymous hookups <laughs> that like was like happening, like hearing it. Like I, I, I wouldn't have said it out loud. Like again, that that's why saying it on stage was hard. Cause I wouldn't, I, I wasn't saying it out loud. It's weird right. for it to be that important. It, it, <laughs> and I never said it. To a friend, How did you meet to guys then? How did you even meet guys you could be with? I mean, you know, I, lucky enough to live in the age of grinder and <laughs> dating right, apps right, and right, yeah. things where you can kind of find, you know, but oh, other, you, other you like-minded guys. Well, but, you know, also there are other guys. Like, if you ever have had a grinder account, you know that, you know, there are plenty of closeted guys in any city. If you ever had a grinder account next to an army base, you see nothing but blank profiles. It's just like, wow. it's like wild. <laughs> it's just like, hmm, okay. Like, like, uh, so they're like-minded people that, <laughs> that you can oh, meet. Poor but, you though. But, but, but yeah. But the relationship. I didn't see a shrink till later. Right. Oh, you, you did see a shrink. Well, late recently, like so right. at the beginning of the pandemic, I, I started doing psychoanalysis, which is really good for just understanding, just reassociative therapy, working backward through through trauma. But yeah, relationships. No, no relationship in my life felt true. You know, like I don't want to like seem like it's like too dramatic, but like hiding that much of myself didn't allow room for me to be a complete human being. Like I, I, I couldn't. So everything suffered. My work suffered. My personal life suffered. I suffered. Did you turn to substance at all? Not real. I, I was, I, I it was relying on God and I was largely abstinent for a, a stretch of time. When I first moved to LA, I just focused on work, just work, work, work. Um, and I didn't drink. I, I never smoked weed or anything until like I was in my mid twenties. And, and so like a little bit, it was a combination of like probably the responsibility of work and actually having stress and the stress of my personal life building up. I would smoke weed from time to time, have a few drinks, but like, but never, never anything. I'm, I'm kind of a, a pussy. I'm afraid of like, I want to try coke, but like in a safe environment. I was, I'm, I'm curious to see what I like under a doctor's care. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'd love to like you know. You know, I think part of the 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 charm of being in love and being straight is the first time you take your woman to dinner or you go out in public and kind of declare the relationship, mm -hmm. and that's what feels so fucked up. Like you got to go on grinder and then go hide in a hotel room somewhere. Yeah, yeah, with some dude. It's not validated. It's, like, it's not, you know, that, yeah. that's, that's the importance. People don't realize like the importance of like proms and think like when it's like proms that there's still that in the, the, the country. I'm sure where I'm from it still has like bands on same sex couples at, at events like that. It's being yeah. validated for who you are. You need some sort of validation. Like it would have, if my mom saw me holding a boy's hand and was okay with that. Like just said it and was like, oh, okay. It would have changed my whole life. Yep. You know, it, it would have made me a freer person like earlier. Not that it was just her responsibility for that, but I'm just saying like you need some, some, some validation for who you are for everything for, 
people we validate children for going to the potty right <laughs> you know what i mean like we're like yeah good like, job yeah, yeah yeah like like we like like you you need that and so i i was seeking it later in life so even just talking to my friends about sex is crazy screenshotting a uh 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 you know some guys like instagram and sending it to a homegirl like what do you think of him right it's great yes <laughs> you know that's so what you freeing. want you don't want to hide. You yeah, don't, you I, don't. I pause right there. I, I have to be honest. The reason I pause is because I was going to talk about sending porn to my friends because that's really freeing. Like, I'm very open sexually with my friends. Like, right. <laughs> like but but, I, but for some reason, I was like, that wouldn't. Anyway, I do you have friends that do you have friends that are still closeted and you just like want to say to them, you want to shake them and go, this is the greatest thing. Just free yourself, man. Get out of this. But you, you can't make headway with them. They, they don't, they don't want to do it. I have a couple friends who, who, who struggle with it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I have a couple friends who struggle. Yeah. It's frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, I know. I know. I know. You know, know looking at your, your life and even the family tree, your grandfathers not only like cheated, but they had, you know, they had mistresses and kids with all of the family, not just your dad, but your grandmother, uh, your grandfather on your, on your mother's yeah, side, yeah. Grandfather, everyone. And you say, to yourself, like, why didn't these guys just wear a rubber? I, and, uh, I said that to he, my uncle once and he had like 12 kids <laughs> and he said it made him feel like a man. I was like, so y- y'all just didn't fuck with comics, huh? and these guys they come inside and, and the consequence is a child and yeah. keep making the same mistake over and over again yeah it's yeah because- i mean but but at that point it's not a, a mistake right like that like th- these are intentional children right and and, right. and i think about that because i don't really have a relationship with my father's other other kids you know and and i don't really know how to you know and i feel bad because like they suffer like here I am with a father and they suffer from not having a dad, you know, like, right. and it's, and it's with like, they're, they're, you know, yeah, it's, it's a psychological thing that my dad was taking out and, and, and it's definitely being irresponsible. And, uh, my dad called me a, about a year ago, uh, and he, he asked, he was like, I heard you doing stand up. I was like, yeah. And he was like, uh, uh, you talking about me on stage? <laughs> i was like yeah i was like why he was like because you're mean and it hurts my feelings and i was like oh come on man <laughs> like, <laughs> come on big man <laughs> yeah, you can handle it <laughs> yeah you can handle it he said i made things too public right he said he said like uh, like it was like you you like just like you're making things too public and i was like you had kids outside the marriage you made it public <laughs> <laughs> like did, these, like did, the kids are walking billboards for your infidelity. Like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm making it public. I would always go on the radio and talk about my life and my parents. And sometimes my mother would call me up and go, "You're exaggerating. You don't. You, you, you know." Did, did, and I go, "I'm not exaggerating anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, this is yeah. what happened. Yeah, this is yeah. that, you know, I'm chronicling what happened." Yeah. Uh, did, did you ever get that? No, 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 no. Not uh, like my. <laughs> Like my family, I, I, I am in a weird way lucky that like my family, if, if I tell the truth, they'll just let me, they'll just let me, <laughs> you know, and like no one, like, to, and I'm only telling the truth from my perspective, right? Like it's like my, it, it's my feelings toward, you know, what right. happened to me. I'm talking about what happened to me, you know, right. like even when it's like my father, so I'm like, I'm telling my father, so I'm really telling my story. I'm telling the story of the man I am, you know, like I'm talking about, 
my lineage, my heritage. I'm talking about wh- who I am and who right. I can be and what I'm struggling with. And like, that's in me. Like, uh, so, so I'm, uh, keeping it personal, keeping it personal helps. It, it lets you like get away with more. You said you're open about porn. What, what type of porn are you watching? Man, are you watching oh, it? What, what is your thing? Well, I was saying like, I think being closeted probably like it attracted me to like, versions of secret sex like i like public like 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 stairwells right right <laughs> cars you know like like i'm really <laughs> that into that your life yeah. yeah 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 definitely getting blown in my dad's ford explorer right in other words porn that deals with keeping it a secret yeah like yeah, uh, yeah. like you're yeah. doing something taboo yeah 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 wow. like yeah fringe porn <laughs> Forbidden. Like, like Forbidden. yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm really into it. I, it's very friend. I, fo- I follow nothing but on my little ghost Twitter. I follow nothing but porn stars. Do you? Oh, it's the <laughs> best. It's the who's, best. Who's your man? I mean, who is? Uh, who are you fantasizing Bro, about? Bro, I mean, it changes. There's this. I think he's like Partino. He's in Ohio. This kid Evan Knox is so. He's really, really hot. Uh, we like him. There's this black dude in Shout Atlanta, out. Xavier. <laughs> Uh, like, man, yeah, Jesus, I wish I, I, I should have been more prepared for this moment because like, I really want to shout, I want to fuck some of them. Right. Well, you're famous. <laughs> so I would like, so yeah, so it's I, probably going to happen. But I don't have Twitter and Instagram. So like, I, like all I have is this moment, how, and I'm dro- <laughs> like, please have me back so I can have a list. I will have you back. I would like to have a list of porn stars. That, come in with message. a list of people. Did you did, now? Now you even said that you you would watch straight porn to try to when you were a kid and you were so angry with yourself for being gay. You'd say I'd watch gay porn, and then I, after I was done with that, I'd go and watch straight porn. I used and to, I can't and this of, is the place to talk very truthfully about it. I, what? How silly is this psychologically? I I would like as a teenager, like jerk off to gay porn feel the wrath of god's judgment and then go jerk off to straight porn as if it (laughs) cleansed it as if that was the lamb's blood to wash away the gay sin silly it's silly what it does shame is crazy well, first of all, I, 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 I applaud your libido because the fact that you could jerk off immediately after jerking off the gay porn they, and then they, jerk off against the straight they porn. They don't call me amazing. no refractory rod for nothing, Howard. <laughs> was it horrible? Was it, was it horrible to, um, have to make love to women? Um, because. <laughs> I love that. In other words, is is pussy disgusting? No, uh, no, 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 no. And and I'm I'm really good at eating pussy, and it's a shame that I, I just what a you know, Yeah, just you a skill that's just yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like I'm like Bill Withers. I retired early, and I just went back to Georgia. Right. right. Uh, oh my god. But poor you eating pussy. I mean, uh, yeah, it's poor just, us. It's, he stopped. He's good at I know, it. I know, Robin. I want to get back in the game. Sometime I yeah. want to get back in the game. Just you, to prove you a point. could. You could at any time. <laughs> You're famous. Prove a point. <laughs> I meant to ask you, how are you? I know you're friends with Kanye and you're friends with Pete Davidson and they are having <laughs> a, a terrible time with one another. <laughs> how are you negotiating this uh, relationship with, with two guys who you love and, and, yeah. and, uh, and respect? Uh, you respect Kanye's talent and his uh, originality. You respect Pete's comedy. What do you do when these two guys contact you? Because you got to choose sides. Well, I mean, I don't think you got to. I mean, I, I think I was like... I was friends with Jay-Z and Kanye during a rift of, like, I'm friends with other people in Kanye during multiple <laughs> Like, like, it's, you know, it's going to happen. These are adults, you know, they'll work it out. It's really none of my business. 
you know, I, I have nothing to do with that. I saw Pete at uh, SNL. It was good to see him. I hadn't seen him in a while. Kanye is a friend. He took me to Japan for the first time. Loved the guy. He's very sweet. He's sensitive, right. like removed from whatever the hysteria is. You know, they're human beings, and it like all of that is you know doesn't matter. I hope it helps sell whatever tickets for both of them. Right. You right. Know? Right. Right. Well, it's a painful period. It's it's an awkward position. Let's put it that way. Yeah. But um, who wins in a fight between Pete and Kanye physically? You've been up close to both these guys. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, if it comes down oh, to physical blows. Yeah, that, that's one of those, man, because they both got a lot of anger. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> wow. wow. You got to right, bring well. back celebrity deathmatch for that one. Exactly. Yeah. Um, by the way, I'm going to do something now. I want to call out your brother. Because I'm mm -hmm. a little upset with him. Mm -hmm. You talk about your brother and uh, your special, which everyone must see. It's called Rathaniel because that's actually your legal name. That was another secret that was uh, revealed in the special that mm -hmm. you always hated your name and you hid it from the world. Yeah. So there were a lot of secrets. But your brother, um, who came to all of the tapings of all of your shows, who is a big fan of your stand-up comedy and very supportive. Mm-hmm. He says, uh, I love, I love you despite the fact that you're gay. And that's maybe the biggest pain of all. And that's what sums everything well, up that's wrong with the world. Right. Well, well it, it's it, like, and he, he didn't say that, that my, my summary of the, that it was me articulating the, the feeling, the, the love with an asterisk feeling, right? Of, right. Uh, and, but that, that, the, the despite comes from, lack of acknowledgement that's where it feels like the despite like when when people say things like very dismissive things like oh that's your business we don't care like we do we everyone like people i care about straight people i want to know who straight people are fucking everybody wants to know who's fucking who we need we, we want to know we're adults we, we're curious right yeah, and like yeah. like it is a thing that people you know that you know again it needs to be validated in some way and 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 my family, like, it is, they're doing the best they can, but it's, I think a lot of it is to protect my religious mother. And, and so it just feels so off the table that, that it bothers, it makes me feel like I'm receiving a half hug. That was the feeling I was trying to articulate. It just I feels see. like I'm, I'm getting like a half hug. And I love my brother a lot. Like, I love, Joe, like, he's, uh, probably the first person I tried to model myself after and, 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 and he means a lot to me. And, and, and so, you know, it, it's just one. And, and it takes time. I I, I want to respect that, too. I'm trying to be very respectful of my family because I love them. I um, know, but it's just such a fucking nightmare. The, well, you think about it. If he Gay was with a woman, they would be all about it. Yeah. Right. Well, so that's it. That, be. Please bring her over. Please that, talk about that. That's what I'm saying about the exactly. It's the, the lack of acknowledgement just in that like and even the, the the fact that I bring up money or whatever it is 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 basically saying like like I'm paying for the result of everyone else's sex. Like bringing the grandkids <laughs> over. <laughs> like 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 what what is that? Like I'm 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 paying for all of this, but we can't talk about my own sexuality and and that that that's the the part that you know. Really I, it, yeah, you know, it, what bothers me is that, uh, you know, in a sense, uh, gay people need a special hug because of all the years of being outsiders. And I feel like we're starting as a country to go backward. 
Mm-hmm. And it's becoming almost inf- fashionable now to say every dumb fucking thing you think about people who are gay and somehow being rewarded for it politically. Well, well, my issue becomes lack of openness. What I see happening a lot in society, I have an aversion to staunchness. I don't like when like people make like stands and when people won't reconsider their position or at least like go or maybe not or maybe I'm wrong or maybe again there are certain things you should be steadfast in but I I I respect openness because when someone isn't open they just remind me of my mother (laughs) in that way like when people just shut down and and I and I'll see that like you know people going like that that's another part of like um you know, even artists that we remove and, and the thought of cancellation, that word's getting old. So I'm using air quotes to distance myself from it. But like, like is, you know, taking a stand. Well, I, my beliefs mean this. So I have to shut you out. And I don't believe in that. I feel shut out when people shut other people out. I feel that, that, that it's, it's an odd, it's the reason I get lunch with Louis when he's a pariah. You know, because like th- there's a a certain amount of like I I get that I get that feeling I understand that feeling you know and right. so I f- I find empathy in weird places uh, because of that and so when I see people not being empathetic even with people they disagree with over something they disagree with like I, I don't I don't I don't like it. Have you lost uh, any friends in the sense that I don't mean that anyone that called you up and said, I'm not going to be your friend anymore. But mm-hmm. have you noticed that some people have distanced themselves from you since the special? Um, none of my immediate I, my, my friend circle. I think I had kind of dwindled down my friends to people that I could trust with that secret anyway. Like so when I by the time I came out to my friends that that core group were all people I love. So. No, they, they, like, I think I kind of removed, not that I can guess, I could have been surprised. So I'm not trying to project that right. on anyone, but like, you know, anyone who wouldn't be open-minded in that way, uh, isn't in my life. So, so, so thankfully, you know, I, I had a couple comments here and there. I'll talk about like my friend Jamar, who's still my friend, uh, uh, uh you know, I, I actually respect his like <laughs> openness about like, he said, I'd never have a gay friend. That's what, that's what he told me when I came out. He was, I would have never chosen to have a gay friend. He said he felt tricked into having one. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> he tricked yeah, 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 yeah. And, yeah, and, yeah. and, and even now it's like we can talk more openly and he, you know, <laughs> it, it, it's a, a process and I'm, I'm thankful for his openness. I'm thankful for all my friends' openness. I should tell everyone that Gerard Carmichael, who we are talking to right now, is, uh, also on film. On the Count of Three directed this movie. That's uh, it's going to be in theaters on May thirteenth. This is this is this is no comedy. This is a, a heavy film yeah. about suicide and about you know people wanting to kill themselves. And uh, man, what brought you to this? Uh, you know, it's like you know, I, uh, I I I think just kind of the inner anxiety and turmoil I was facing at the time like attracted me to the material. Um, have you ever been suicidal? I, I talk, no, 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 no. They, they, like, no, no. And I don't even want to even like, they're entertaining it in, in other way, like thinking about it in other way. I felt hopelessness before and I've felt like there are 
like I thought I'd rather die than come out of the closet. And I, I like, but, but, but nothing, not, not in a real sense. And I have friends who have been in, and so I really respect that. Um, but, but in other words, you've experienced a deep depression. Yeah, yeah, uh, particularly yeah. Particularly when yeah. you were closeted and, and maybe what are they called? Suicidal ideation. That, yeah, yeah. And, but I, th- that was what I was pausing for. I, I'm careful even saying that word because I, I don't want to self diagnose and that's for therapy. And, um, but no, it, it, it was definitely the cloud that I was experiencing that attracted me to it. Like just trying to find hope in weird places. And I think that the movie really, a, a couple of friends wrote it, and and it really is our our sense of tone, our sense of of humor. I think that comes through, you know, in the movie. It, it's it's such a deep. I'm very. I'm I'm sorry. I'm pausing. It's a deep discussion that I'm really cautious about. Like the the team sent. It was funny right before I sat down, the team had sent over, like the thing we want to talk about the movie because really it's. It's a thing I have to discuss with the studio. It's a lack of their team having their shit together. And so, like, they're trying to, like, shoehorn in, like, all right, let's get Howard to talk about the movie. And I, part of the reason I was excited to come here is because I, I knew your passion for the special and I appreciated it. And I wanted the conversation to stay that. I, I care right. about the movie and I'm very uh, passionate about it. But it's such a heavy conversation. It's such a, not that we're not capable of that, but like, I, I wanted that separate. So I, I was actually literally as I was walking in, like just being such a sensitive artist, like texting my, my manager, just like the fuck is this shit that the fuck them for fucking don't fucking tell Howard. He's got to talk about it's shit. They don't want to fuck. No, I'm no, very I, angry I, over it, to be I, honest. It, 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 no, actually. Well, first of all, there's a couple of things I want to ask you about it for, uh, you know, um, this guy, uh, JB smooth. I love plays your father in the movie. He's I so love this real. guy. He's so good. He's a good, he's terrific. He's a good actor. Really he's a good really actor. good actor. And his performance in the movie was, uh, did you cast him as the director? Yeah. Were you, yeah. Were you, did, I never knew he was capable of doing a dramatic role like that. It was really kind of shocking to me. And this guy is another guy I feel like, I, I feel like America really doesn't know him, J.B. Smoove. But, uh, yeah. you know, I went I went to the Nick game one time and JB was sitting about three rows back. He wasn't uh, in that first row. And I go, JB, you should be sitting in the first row. That's how talented you are. <laughs> no. You're so fucking funny. Well, it's funny because he's also ubiquitous. It, it's funny to say that because I feel like I see he's like dressed as Julius Caesar on like bus yeah. stops. And he's like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, and he's everywhere. Like there are certain people who are ubiquitous. It's like JB Smoove and Usher. Like right. if there's an event, you better believe Usher's been in, at every Super Bowl. Right. He crashed the breakfast I was at. <laughs> well, no, because I said to JB, I, I go, JB, I feel like because you're so talented, he goes, you know what, man? I'm in my lane. I'm comfortable being back here in the third row. I'm okay. This is where this is where I'm, yeah, I'm a third row guy. But yeah. JB's yeah, just having fun. JB, like he's home anywhere. When he came to set, he walks in. He took he took over my trailer. I gave him my trailer. It was a low budget film. It was really 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 indie, right? So he, he we give him my trailer because he's there for the day. Then I go to uh, my friend Chris's trailer to like have a place to stay warm. JB then leaves my trailer, comes into Chris's trailer, jokes with us, takes a phone call. 
it's just on the phone to the point that me and Chris leave his trailer. <laughs> so now we're just out in the like the Canadian cold. And JP's just like occupying two trailers. Like, but you do it because he's JP and he's like just such a beautiful friend. I love him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he really he's, is. And he's one of the funniest men in the world. And like oh, yeah. that role was really like, you know, I, I think he was so good in it. I, I'm happy he did it. I was really happy he said yes. Well, well how did you get the funds, Henry Winkler, to another? These the- are like favors, like Lavelle Crawford, Henry Winkler, like these, these, uh, these uh, people, like really did be a, a solid. And like you know, we were shooting in Canada. It was freezing. It was a really impossible film to get made. Like it, like uh, not to be gross and still talk about money. Like nobody believed in it. Like it cost me like a million dollars to make. You know, like like it, it was. Did like, you put up your own money? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay. A million, in addition to funding, like we, like we call found financiers, but like obviously it comes with things. And I'm a first time director, and you potholes I, I you didn't know uh, were there, and like yeah, it's like I, it 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 really was a a lot to get it made, and a lot of favors and a lot of energy just because it's. I think it's a really specific film. It's such a specific tone, and it's definitely one that at like it's definitely a not for everyone film that like you know you know that has all the trigger warnings and 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 i want to be mindful of that but but i think that it it also has humor it has candor i think it's it's smart you know um i i do think it's funny (laughs) lavelle crawford's really funny in it uh chris abbott makes me laugh oh, a lot there are funny incredible. moments yeah for sure yeah, yeah yeah chris makes me laugh like i've been like i've been calling him suburban joker like <laughs> like like that's that's who that character is to me is like a <laughs> like yeah, the, the film is called the count of three yeah it will be in th- and you put up a million bucks for this you, you know, a million you know, bucks for when, it. when you said a million bucks i'm sitting there thinking you know your mom would be really smart to really patch things up with you because you got money and, uh, you know. know, just from a financial standpoint, you could really spoil the shit out of her. I'm saying, well, I'm saying, but part of it, I said as a joke, I actually don't know if it made it to the special, but like, uh, I'm paying for everything in my family. So when I came out, it was sort of like your boss came out to you. Yeah, <laughs> like they got to right. just be at the water cooler. Like, okay, cool, sir. <laughs> no problem. Yeah. Yeah. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Good do you. whatever you have to do. You know, just keep that paycheck. Yeah, exactly. Do, do, exactly. Do your parents work for you? Do they, you know, work for you? Do they are they yeah, part yeah, of your yeah, yeah, company? They're, yeah, they're they're on payroll. <laughs> yeah, oh, on they payroll are on payroll. For, yeah, insurance <laughs> purposes. I probably shouldn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> how, how could your mother be be anything other than supportive? Hey, just but from that, a financial- that that's a you know. All respect to it. She's my favorite homophobe. She really stands on it. She's like, <laughs> she does. Like, I'm paying this bitch and she will like read Leviticus to me and yeah. make me potato salad. Like, it's oh a weird, weird oh relationship. It's <laughs> unbelievable. Well, Gerard, I'm well, really. I just wanted um, to tell you, I love the movie because it has that really wonderful indie feel. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I, I, that I, 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 I love. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. It does feel super indie. Like, yes. <laughs> like yeah, I shot it on film, like just to maintain that, you know, I hope well, people Gerard, like it. I hope people see it. I got to tell you, um, I'm really glad I uh, got to know you. I'm, I'm so glad I got turned on to your uh, special. Why Why uh, HBO and not like a Netflix? Was there a decision there or was, it, was just HBO always in your corner? I mean, I, I truthfully... I, I'm very thankful for my relationship with Nina Rosenstein. She's been an executive who 
has believed in me and has trusted me and I, I love her dearly and, um, and, and, and so I, I, I was really excited. I'm really glad to work with her. I'm like, was really happy to work with her. Um, and, and, you know, I had had this deal, um, already for the special and I was trying to figure out what it was. And the special itself came together fairly quickly. Like this is from like December and then we taped in February. So it like came together very, very quickly. Uh, and, and HBO, uh, it's really great partners for this and, and, and have, have been. And, you know, there's a lot of related work for Rothaniel home video sermon on the Mount, like these things that I have on that, uh, platform do, do, do they ever give you any kind of uh, metrics on how um the special did that how many people actually watched it because uh i think it's an important special rathaniel and it's got to be seen i i hope um, people see it they, they share what they can you know now you know streaming is so secretive secret. yeah, more yeah, secrets. yeah more yeah, secrets yeah. more so yeah yeah <laughs> i would love i would love to see the sarando special i'd love yeah. to see the sarando special where he just like get reads numbers on elites and bridgerton <laughs> 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 but, like sarandos right. what are your secrets <laughs> yeah. no, but, right um no i um yeah i hope people see it i hope people see it uh, uh it's, they gotta I, see I, it. i'm very proud of rothaniel i'm very proud of it, the work me and both did yeah, and if you're thinking of going into comedy, watch Rathaniel because I think you'll really be sort of uh, sparked by 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 what Gerard is doing in this thing. And um, and are you officially out of secrets now? Are you like now that you've come out of the closet? Now that you've talked about your family? Yeah, is there a secrets too? You know, because there's got to be more. We've got to come up with more. Is there anything else you're not telling? You're talking about porn. You're talking about. <laughs> well, I, I, mean, I wouldn't go back to the say I, I, I'll never do Rothaniel again. Right. Like, right, what, like right. it'll be something else. Whatever. I, whenever I do perform, I, it won't. It won't be until I know it's its own unique show. But yeah, there, I mean, there's a lot. I'm a human being with things that I hadn't said out loud and things that I want to work out on, like on stage. And I, and I think it's, I'm thankful I chose an art form that allows room for that. You know, yeah, do you ever think maybe you should go out and let's say kill a homeless man so that you oh, could geez. admit it on stage and then you oh, or, 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 or again <laughs> or have that, to grow a third I, testicle? I don't do or, things that that can take you to actual jail. I may go right, get thrown right. in a, a public opinion jail once or twice, but definitely right. not jail jail. I mean, you could you could come out as a time traveler and find out that you're really from the future. I don't know, but. But, but, uh, you know, uh, it, it, it's just great. And, uh, I would really love to learn whether or not a lot of people have seen this thing. But if you haven't seen it, hey, if you find out, the numbers, way, let me know. If, like, you know, you had a party in out. the Hamptons and you figure it out. <laughs> yeah, I'll know. let you know. Please, Robin, um, let me know too. Absolutely. And the name, and you know, the name Rathaniel, mm -hmm. in a way, I was going to say to you, I know you, you hid the name because it's, you know, you want to say were your parents on drugs when they named you Rathaniel. <laughs> but, but that was being but, creative. But in a way, you know how like when um, there's a weird name, but then it becomes iconic. Like even I remember like when Arnold Schwarzenegger became famous, you went Schwarzenegger. Yeah, you know, like, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I wonder if you will ever really embrace the name Rathaniel and become Rathaniel Carmichael. Like and just, you know, take it on. I, maybe, maybe I, I, I like it more since the special came out. Like, like Rathaniel feels... Uh, you know, Rathaniel Original. Gerard is such a long name, so I would have to, but, you know, but I, I would, <laughs> I, I, I'll use it more. I think I will use it more. 
I think you should be Rathaniel. Yeah, I would be yeah. the. Fr- I would. I'm going to call you up and call you Rathaniel. I like try that. it out. We'll I like see that. How it goes. I like that. I like that. Who, you hey, you finally got Gerard right, and now you're switching. Yeah, I, yeah forget I'm joking. Gerard. I'm joking. I, forget Gerard. I, you're Rathaniel to me. We should embrace it. The only person who calls you Rathaniel is your mother. Yeah, and now it'll be your mother and Howard Stern because I love the name Rathaniel. Oh, that's beautiful. I think it's great. That's yeah. that's beautiful. And I feel one the person love. will love you for being gay, and one of them will not. So that's well, right. Well, one of them I can talk about porn with, and I really right. appreciate that. <laughs> We're going to have a big discussion about porn. I would You're love to. See. I would yes. love to. <laughs> are you now? Are you presently in love? Are you, did you, now that you're out, you can be in love with whoever you want. You can go to dinner with whoever you want. You can date whoever you want. Yeah. Have you found love? No, not, not yet. Not yet. I, I, um, I I think I'm finally at a place where I can receive it, you know, like, like, like it kind of the same process of like the moment in Rathaniel, like coming up, like I'm in that phase of my life where like, you know, just take it, just take it, take these like, cause I can feel my need for it creeping up. I'm probably, I think I'm like, unfortunately, like destined to be in a relationship. I like uh, bake cookies and sack them in triangles. It's a real <laughs> cliche Martha Stewart home living lifestyle. Well, I should have a boyfriend. Uh, well, there's a couple of things I have to do for you. The next time you come on, I'm going to set up a porn star dating game. You'll give me the names oh of three God. guys. Like, that's a you- dream. Yeah, the three guys who, you know, I don't know what your thing is, but the Fantasy three guys who you want, I'll put them on here and they'll play, um, you'll play dating game with these dudes and we'll hook you up. And also, I'm tempted to set you up. I might have to, uh, I have some people in mind that I think you would be good with. Listen, but, you know, that's, Are you that's, a good uh, matchmaker? Be honest. Not with heterosexuals. Whoa, you know, I can't, okay. I, I okay. can't stand the heterosexual. There, there's so, there's yeah. so many issues. Yeah, but, yeah. But, but guys, I can set up. I'm, yeah. Uh, yes, yes. Good. Hey, I'm, I'm, that? I'm, oh, that, that, I'm at least willing to go on the uh, Howard Stern blind date. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> not not blind because the gays care about aesthetic, but right. You know, a day. <laughs> right, and then uh, and then. Well, what I'm really planning on doing is going home to North Carolina with you, and I'm going to announce to your mother that I am your gay lover, and then she's going to be so <laughs> upset Don't that she's got. Then she'll she'll uh, she'll say, you know what, Rathaniel, as long as you break up with that asshole. And you find yourself a nice guy, and then you, you'll be then you'll be in business. You know, like I used to sneak it. and watch your show. She would get mad, like like you know when you would have like <laughs> porn stars on. Uh, so like if she saw you coming, she'd be like, "Oh, that she you, she would think that you fucked me up." So like that, who right, my right. was trouble in '98. <laughs> I'm the reason you're gay. You're I'm the reason you. I'm gay. <laughs> That's it. That's what it is. Well, I've learned a lot. What have I learned? What have you learned? I well, here's what I've learned. I've learned number one. That uh, I'm going to start calling you Rathaniel. I like that. Down and you know, Howard, he like was that. named after people who didn't do very nice things either. You know, <laughs> yeah, they we have that in two common. People, yeah. <laughs> I was named after the most fucked up human being on the planet. <laughs> Wait, who are you named after? My mother, you know, uh, she believed in naming uh, people after the dead. That's part of the religion. Mm-hmm. So um, she named me after my um, great-grandfather, who left his entire family in Germany to die at the hands of the Nazis. And he came over. He told them, I'm going to go over and make a life in America, and I'll bring you over as soon as I make enough money. So he just married another woman and uh, wow. got a whole new family. Wow. And, uh, and the, the rest of them perished. 
And, uh, wow. So, uh, and, wow. And my mom thought to name me after him. So <laughs> <laughs> I go, well, thanks. Yeah, no. Listen, you, know. you can still acknowledge he's the reason for the existence, but like, do I have to carry the name? Yeah, I mean, give me a break. Yeah, Why would the, you do name? I have to be, do I have to be that at Starbucks? <laughs> I know. I said, uh, exactly. I, I said, well, why would you name me after that? Because she goes, well, he was nice to me. I go, oh, okay. <laughs> Let's overlook everything else. It's like, you know, Hitler loved uh, dogs. You yeah. Know, it's yeah. There, there is a dog who saw Hitler come in and just. I'm sure someone did a joke about that. You know why I share that story with you? Now you see that Rathaniel isn't such a bad name. It's a, it's a good name. Yeah, yeah, it could. Yeah, 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 yeah. My yeah. my my grandfather's only like left to go to like the casino. Yeah, big deal. <laughs> He's a good man. Yeah, yeah. Robert and Gerard Gerard Carmichael, or if you want, Rathaniel Carmichael. Yeah, comedian, actor, writer. Director, filmmaker, and, and retired pussy eater. Oh, there's a guy. That's right. Yes. Sorry, ladies. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> When's the last time you ate pussy? Oh, it's been a, it's been three years, four years. Oh, really? Oh, not yeah, that long yeah. ago. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've hit, I have hints of it. <laughs> still, you can still taste. Sometimes it. I can still. <laughs> I can't believe you were good at it. Because incredible, uh, I, I mean that. I mean. But that. wouldn't it disgust you when you go down on a woman and you, you know, like it's like, like I'm not gay, but if, if someone said, "Hey, I got to go suck a dick," I'd be like, "Fuck this! I don't want to suck a dick because I want to. I want to be with a woman." I would think it would be the reverse. Like you're sitting there eating this pussy, and you're like, "Jesus Christ! Yeah. This is not really." It's nice and warm. It is. Woman's I mean, body is still it incredible. Is. It's still incredible. <laughs> yeah, like, a, like, like I'm, I'm like not one of those. That, that's why I'm saying like. I, even the other way when guys like ah like you couldn't imagine like you couldn't imagine bro <laughs> like 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 right. like yeah you could imagine like yeah I, like i it's not my thing but you know right girls are hot yeah hey listen yeah yeah i'm, I'm with you i definitely yeah. but also i definitely am into like certain women certain you can tell if a man's like maybe gay if he's only into perfect tens that that's just another i'll give you a, that's a little secret like if if a guy only dates like like it can only like get hard from her, you it whatever you fuck a six of is what you are like like i like <laughs> me and three if it was me a and so many fedex drivers <laughs> <laughs> but but like right. uh, the idea of fucking a nine female is like oh to me <laughs> wow well, we wow. know somebody like that. Hmm. We do know someone <laughs> like that. You know, throwing it out there. Yeah, no, I hear you. <laughs> like, have you ever fucked a woman who was like a four or a three? No, no. Never? No, I'm too gay for that. You're too gay. <laughs> I'm too gay for that. I could, I could never. <laughs> <laughs> if I was straight, of course, my straight friends, like, yeah, like, ideally, I do, the sex isn't even good till it drops below a seven. <laughs> you said in an interview somewhere that you um, were at a party once and um, you got um, Taylor Swift's phone number. Do you think she was being friendly or would you think maybe there could have been a romance there? No, no. I mean, well, obviously it could never be true, whatever it could have been. <laughs> but right, but right. no, but what, uh, they, she, it was, she was just being nice at a party. Like I met her a couple of times. She's very, very sweet. Um, and, uh, you know, recently I, I was at Lena Dunham's wedding. 
and it's a picture of me and Taylor that I use on my grinder profile now. Like, I'll send it to guys. You really want to excite the gays in New York City? Send a picture right. of you and Taylor. So if some guys don't believe me, but I'm like, yeah. Was, I started using the good. I'm like, I got these SNL promo pics. I'm going to use it on grinder, bro. But yeah. Resources. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean. You better be careful on that grinder, by the way. You know, yeah, I've heard yeah. some bad stories about this stuff. I, I mean, hope you're uh, screening heard people. Bad stories from people you meet at a bar, like you know, yes. like like you I like know. you do have to. You got to be careful everywhere. Like you know, have your filter process taught. Like in general, like you know, like that. That's kind of the internet's actually kind of good for dating because it allows you to like screen people. You can Facetime somebody. Right. You know, like you can like actually screen. Because my dad said that. My dad thinks I'm like living the opening act of philadelphia out there like it's like you know like jesus christ bro like no things have evolved a little bit now i like you know you can see someone's instagram and like see you know what i mean like you can see the right. like them on their morning run like it's like it's actually somehow more human if i met somebody at a bar i would need to see their instagram just to verify they're a human being like if i right. met a strange unattached to the internet and i know i'm kind of like that and it's mostly because right. i have other film things but like it, it'd be so weird existing removed from that like do you even exist why don't, why don't you have social media what's going on with that what you won't do twitter you won't do instagram you won't do any of that stuff well my my like me and bo joked like rothaniel is almost like a prestige ig live right like like right. i'm an artist like i want to put everything into my work like and like exactly. even, even earlier on when i was a doing just like stand up and like why would i write jokes for twitter like if i right. perform if i perform now there are people who are great at it their account i also think there's so many people who are better at that thing like truly i'm not even just saying it. like they, uh, so i follow uh on twitter I, I see the the funny tweets they have a section that says funny tweets yeah so every day 10 out of 10s just so many of them are 10 out of 10. I'm like, yes. oh, this is incredible. Like, this is great. Like, do that. You should do that. But just be true I to your always, awesome. I always felt the same way. I said, I'm being paid to be on the radio. Why am I giving material to yeah. Twitter who doesn't pay me? I, I feel an allegiance to the company that I work for. And you're right. There were some people who can write those stupid fucking one-liners, and I mean, and they're brilliant at it. They're yeah, brilliant. Yeah, you do you know. radio, and so that you exceed. You know, you you, you succeed at radio. You know, right. if you do stand up, I, I think the way to succeed, like put. I, I mean, I'm probably maybe a little old-fashioned, but I'm like even podcasts. I'm like, bro, like these are your thoughts. This is your time. This is your right. work. Yes. No. 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 You're right on. You attracted to uh, Timothy Chalamet? Who isn't? That's the thing. He knows okay. that. He's wearing right. a fucking harness. Everyone, him and Harry Styles are dangerous. It's just like, oh, okay, like, what are you, okay, the fucking gay baiters. I saw Harry Styles in a fucking swamp yesterday. I'm like, why is this hot? Right. I'm into it. I don't like that I'm into it, but I'm into it. Like, why is this hot? Yeah, like, why is this hot? <laughs> but it's hot. Yeah, he's Listen. fucking, yeah. Oh, man, I could talk to you all day. I'm so happy about Same, your special, the movie, dr Gerard, or as I say, Rathaniel Carmichael's film on the count of three will be in theaters on May 13th. You can hear him on Raw Dog Channel 99 and today's comedy radio on Pandora. And by all means, when I say go see Rathaniel on HBO Max, it is one of the best hours of television I have ever seen.
It is that fucking spectacular. Thank you. And, Thank you for uh, saying is, that. Thank you. It, it it is, and you know it. And I, and, and <laughs> be humble. I'm about very proud it. of you, it. I'm very proud you, of it. You damn well should be. You don't even have to be humble. You should say, "I fucking know that that's the, one of the best hours on TV," because it's really true. Have you heard from other people that you admire since you've done that? Yeah, yeah. People reach out. Uh, uh, um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people. I mean, too many to name. Like, like people in the industry that I've met and uh, or have reached out and 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 said really nice things. Like, uh, it's overwhelming. Like, I'm still composing. I, I got to compose. Uh, Greg Berlanti sent me one of the most beautiful emails in the world. He's uh, a showrunner, writer, produ- producer, creator, uh, and it's so beautiful. I've been trying to compose an email back to him for like two weeks now, like because I I care about what I say back, and it I feel so non-responsive. I get overwhelmed, but but it's it's been a lot of really really beautiful, you know, sweet. What messages. is your process for coming up where for stand up? Do you uh, do the Jerry Seinfeld thing where you have a yellow legal pad in front of you and you sit and write and write and write and write, or do you just kind of create on stage? I, I, I do both actually. I, I write a lot. I, I write a lot of things that I don't end up saying on stage even. I, I think writing is important, writing things down, uh, uh, and like physically writing, not even just typing. I like seeing words and I, like it's almost as important as reading. Then you have a I, journal? I, I have my notebook and I'll bring it on stage sometimes and thumb, thumb through, but, but it's not, not necessarily a script it's like ideas and i know places i want to go and lately it's been like stories that i want to to tell um but yeah it's it's a bit jazzier i guess like than than jerry jerry i respect jerry i think is like a great mascot for stand-up comedy you know like he's like he's the the like stand-up comedy's jerry west logo like it's (laughs) like like it should just be seinfeld in a suit with a mic kind of leaning like it like like you know, hard work, focus on craft, you know, he's it's admirable. important. Yeah. He's amazing. Important. Yeah. Yeah. Who are the top five comics in the world of all time? Oh, wow. I, I, it shifts for me. It, it, it shifts. It shifts. I mean, I, you know, like, I, like Cosby and Louis, I, I have like a weird, I like, like, we could talk about this all day. I, I, I like rhythm. I like Jack Benny and like, I'm obsessed with like orators and speakers and like rhythm. It's almost musical for me. So like I'll right. say wild shit like like B. Arthur, <laughs> and people are like, "What do you right. mean?" But but it's like her 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 rhythm is like like so good. You know, uh, there's like orators and speakers and like rhythm. It's almost musical for me. So like I'll right. say wild shit like like B. Arthur, <laughs> and people are like, "What do you right. mean?" But but it's like her 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 rhythm is like like so good. You know, uh, there's a comedian, Tony Roberts, that me and Bo watch incessantly. He's like one of the funniest men in the world. Like, like, like Shane Gillis is incredible. I just saw him, um, uh, like a few months ago. Me and Bo went down to, uh, I think Irvine and, and saw him. He's so funny. Like, it, it kind of shifts. Like, people that catch my ear, you right. know, like, just like, oh, like, what is that? Like, like, what's that? Like, like, all right, so now you've got to work on your list of top porn stars. Top porn stars, top comedians, fuck, and, yes. and, and and top comedians. Yes, for the next time. I'll have I'll, I'll be more prepared next time. <laughs> you had to prepare. All right, listen, it was great to meet you. Very nice thank you for giving you. me so much time. I've kept yes. you here for now seven days. Hey, no, thank Believe you for having me. This flew by, Robin. Very nice meeting you as well. Thank y'all for having me. It's a and, pleasure and me, to have you here, and uh, enjoyed every moment. 
And everybody <laughs> so said it was amazing. So did I. And let me tell you something. Uh, you know, uh, thank you for coming here. It's actually tomorrow. I don't know if you realize. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess we've been here for a while. Show, <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> I'll get out of here. All right. All right. Anyway, great to see you, everybody. Gerard Carmichael. Go see him in Rathaniel on HBO Max. I strongly encourage it. All right. Thanks. Great meeting you. Nice meeting you. Bye-bye. Bye. Yeah, bye. Well, there you go. Wow. Uh, what a great guy, and really, what a great special! And uh, oh, please, uh, I mean, watch you know it. what? What's really great about it is the honesty, like That's right. a real look into what it's like to come out to your family and to deal with the reactions of every stripe, complete you know, acceptance Robin, to rejection, and what it means to you. I know what you were thinking during that interview. I know that Robin was wishing that she had a penis. That's how much she loves uh, Gerard Carmichael. The, the, well, I thought I had hope because he was a good <laughs> pussy eater. But now he's given it up. He's given up pussy eating. That was heartbreaking. <laughs> yes, you heard I'm, me. I gasped. <laughs> I'm straight and I'm so bad at eating pussy. People have asked me to stop. I mean, I've been in the middle of it and they go, you know, it's okay. You know, no I, bother. Fred, were you inspired to now come out? I hope uh, finally you'll be free. But uh, it's going to we'll take see. a while. Fred I think was it's the mis- Mr. Supermodel. Remember that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Absolutely. Uh, Robin, um, well, another day, another show. Let's uh, let's uh, say once again, thank you, uh, Gerard Carm- Carmichael, for your time. And the uh, movie is? The Count of Three. Yes. In theaters on uh, May 13th. Okay. Bye-bye, everyone.